0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with
1: Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, WS Tears? Welcome to a big Monday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Lots to get to coming out of that weekend. Yes, you have a very happy host wearing a Chiefs hat after the uh, big win by Mahomes and crew in Buffalo yesterday. And we got another Jets win to talk about. Certainly not a Picasso on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, But Connor Hellebuck leaving absolutely no doubt who the best netminder in the world is right now. And he wears number 37 for the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll uh, get to that and then get ready to get right back at it tonight as the Jets are in Boston to take on the Bruins in a battle of teams nipping at the top spot in the National Hockey League. We're going to have Connor uh, Ravchak jump in with us and uh, do a little three-man roundtable to uh, recap uh, everything happening in the National Football League that on the weekend, the upcoming Final Four in the conference championship games after 2.30. Um, the Hammer, Jeff Hamilton, is going to uh, jump on with the program, and the Hammer's got some big news for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and we'll kind of get into this and more, uh, but just in the last few minutes, uh, posted to winnipegfreepress.com, uh, IG Field is no more. And the Bombers' home stadium will be renamed Princess Auto Stadium. Uh, I believe it's a 10-year sponsorship deal between the private, local, family-owned business. Um, and, and I'm I'm not 100% sure of this, but I believe this is also the first naming rights deal done with a local company in the CFL. So obviously huge news for the Blue Bombers. Um, And a continued amazing commitment to supporting all of the teams and so many other aspects uh, by Princess Ottawa and the Tallman family. We'll get to that a little later on uh, when Jeff jumps on. Um, We're going to head out to Boston first up, though, and uh, hook up with uh, Joe Haggerty from the Boston Sports Journal to tee up tonight's tilt between the Winnipeg Jets and the Boston Bruins. Um, Just before we bring in Michael Remus, shout out to everybody in chat. If you're with us live on YouTube... Make sure you hit that subscribe button as we continue to grow. And give a thumbs up for the episode as well. It always helps us spread WST on YouTube. And again, shout out to all the podcast listeners making us a part of your day as we get ready for Winnipeg Jets hockey tonight. I've got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet just banged out the lock shop. Myself or Pat Gregar, we're going to be in bad mood today. Uh, I think you know that it wasn't me. Check that out. And uh, we do have a pretty cool uh, cool bit exclusive later on, including this Jets game tonight, which we'll tell you about later on in the program. Uh, Also want to thank Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Modern Man Barbershop, the Winnipeg Jets, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Little Brown Jug, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, and Sport Manitoba. In partnership with Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Let's get to it. Shout out to everybody in chat and shout out to you, Michael Remus. How was the weekend?
2: Great uh, great weekend, Hus. Um, you know, it was a fantastic weekend of NFL divisional playoffs. We had the Jets on Hockey Day in Canada, a little afternoon action. And for the divisional playoffs, you had what, four of the best games Saturday? You no, know, that, uh, that lie, sorry, the Packers 49ers game was tight. But, um, you know, it was tight, but maybe not the most exciting. Yesterday, you saw two classics, Lions making history and Chiefs, Bills living up to expectations. So it was an incredible day. And oh, yeah, we had a Zach Kolaris sighting as well, which (laughs) made it even more fun.
1: That was amazing. I mean, I thought just, you know, the confluence of my favorite NFL team, our quarterback <laughs> for our hometown CFL team, Taylor Freaking Swift, Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey getting in there. I mean, what a scene yesterday! And Jason Kelsey stole the show. Um, you know that guy. If you polled people about who you, you don't like the uh, just like uh, they give politicians approval ratings, like even the most successful people, the more successful you get, <clears throat> the more successful you get the more haters you get. Um, And listen, Taylor Swift's a perfect example of that. The Chiefs now are a perfect example of that. But I will say this. I don't know if there's a person walking the planet right now that has a a, a, a higher approval rating by literally everybody than Jason Kelsey. Um, He's the king of Philadelphia. It's expected that he's going to retire. But he truly is the everyman. And there he was with no shirt yesterday. I I couldn't stop laughing when they went to the obligatory Taylor Swift shot after Travis Kelsey's touchdown. In the background, there's Jason with no shirt crushing a beer. And then even more incredibly, as you mentioned, Remo, RQB, QB1 of the blue and gold, Zach Caleros, hanging out in that same suite, wearing red, supporting his pal and former UC Bobcat
2: teammate, Travis Kelsey, in uh, in the game. Yeah, I was I was pretty into the, the box shots uh yesterday of, you know, their sweet Jason Kelsey with his shirt off, maybe stealing the thunder uh a little bit from, from his brother who did have uh, two touchdowns. But I think seeing Zach Larris in there, uh was awesome. They of course uh played together in and Cincinnati. He was the quarterback. They lived together, they're roommates, they were in each other's wedding party. Uh they're they're tight, those guys and it was funny earlier this year when Zach did a availability where he's like, "This is—I think this is the first time ever my wife's asked more about my relationship uh, with the Kelseys, And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome to see him in there. Like that game, they just came up with the ratings—forty uh, million people there to watch Zach Claris in the luxury suite with Kelsey. Is that,
1: that That's what the numbers were.
2: Uh, um, I think I just saw forty million for that one. Oh my. And, and the God. Fox one, the Saturday game, was also, like, record 40-something. So, I mean, the viewership for these, some of the most watched programs, like, in years. Uh, so uh, It's all NFL game, games. Yeah, That and it's all NFL, the top 100 list. But that game last night was, uh, that was, like, a, an, I don't know, lived up to all expectations. Two QBs going toe-to-toe. We remind you of the Manning. Uh, in Manning Brady going head to head, it was awesome. So, uh, I'm feeling good here today. Maybe not as good as you, Huss, but I did enjoy the games yesterday.
1: Uh, I, I see our buddy Tyson Ducharme in chat. My kind of guy tarps off Tyson, also a larger fellow, not afraid to uh rip the shirt off as you've seen him along with the rest of the goons down in section 141 at now Princess Auto Stadium. Uh, for <laughs> Winnipeg, went uh, for Winnipeg Blue Bomber football. Um, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was a game that um, I think there was a lot of expectations that um, you know both teams would would bring their best. I mean, as they say, we could break down kind of where it where it went went wrong for Buffalo, and I know there's a lot of talk about the uh, the missed field goal uh, that would have tied the game. Um, but in in some ways, it might have been better for Bills fans to just have that field goal miss. And basically the Chiefs get a first down and and, and kneel down as opposed to kick a field goal, tie the game, and leave Patrick Mahomes with one minute and 50 seconds and two timeouts to go down the field and kick a winning field goal. He really does feel inevitable. Um, And he was brilliant on uh, uh, yesterday evening in uh, in Buffalo. So yeah, Chiefs, uh, Baltimore in the AFC Championship. We'll get to the lines later on, but... Baltimore's open his three and a half point favorites in that game. And uh, the lions going to San Francisco to take on the Niners. Uh, That game opened at seven last night. It's at six and a half right now in favor of the 49ers, but we'll save our, uh, there it is. There's Zach in the back, (laughs) Brittany Mahomes, (laughs) Taylor Swift, the arm, the arm to the right of Brittany's head is Jason Kelsey in full can crushing mode. Um, and then there's Zach. Uh, and it was, it was really neat. It was cool to see. I saw Sarah Orleski. I wasn't paying too much attention to the, the old app during the game. Uh, but when I did fire it on, I saw Sarah's tweet. Is that Zach Caleros in the booth? Um, can't wait to hear about that from uh, from our QB1 at some point when uh, when we hear from him. But um, let's get to the Jets, Raymond. And listen, before we get to tonight's game, And we're going to talk about that with Hag coming up. great matchup between the Jets and the Boston Bruins. Um, You know, a game that certainly I don't think they'll be spending a lot of time in video talking about how that was the blueprint because it really wasn't. Uh, A looser game, a lot of chances on Connor Hellebuck. uh, But Hellebuck absolutely stealing the show for 60 minutes. And then Nikolai Ehlers stealing the show in overtime with an absolutely brilliant end-to-end rush, putting a backhand past Corpus Salo and getting the Jets two points and on to Beantown.
2: Oh, baby. I thought we were going to be going to the shootout there as the time was winding down, but Nikolai Ehlers uh, in one-on-one against the guy we talked about last week, uh, Jacob Chikrin, and went outside to inside, backhand and in, and a beautiful uh, winner. So, you know, the Jets, they were not at their best. I think you can tell they're missing uh, Mark Shifley in terms of scoring, but yeah, it was Saturday afternoon, Hockey Day in Canada. They hung around. Uh certainly Connor Halbach has been helping them uh do that as he continues to play as a Vesna and even art trophy ace here. But hey, they got the two points and, and move on and and you kinda hope Mark Shifley will be back. He's not in the lineup tonight against Boston and you know, we'll have to see going forward. But you know they got They got outshot us, and they're able to hang in there. How about Mason Appleton? Didn't score for 25 games, now scores back-to-back games.
1: And and speaking of Appleton,
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I mean, we kind of had a a bit of a laugh after uh, the game against the Islanders because he broke his 25-game goal drought with maybe the greasiest goal of this entire season for the Winnipeg Jets. Very different story on uh, on Saturday in a game that the Jets didn't have a lot of great chances. They didn't have a lot going offensively. Um, his goal was an absolute beauty, a laser into the top corner to get the Jets on the board. And, um, you know, they, they come a lot different at the end. They'll both count the same. But I think for the confidence level of Appleton to get the monkey off his back by being on the score sheet... But then to score a goal like that, um, uh, certainly he he always works hard, was deserving for it, and that was a big one for the Winnipeg Jets. He had the winner against the Islanders. Um, that was the only offense the Jets had through 60 minutes before Nikolai Ehlers took over
2: with his highlight reel winner. Yeah, it was a nice uh, flip pass there from Sandberg, uh, Niederreiter, Appleton, uh, in the back of the net. And, you know, you look at uh, the deserve to win meter here on Money Podcast, the Jets sitting at 32 32- Point five percent Ottawa out shooting the Jets thirty-five to twenty-nine. But you know, a lot of these shots they're keeping them to the outside. Like I'm looking at the heat map here on this. Um, you know, Connor Hellbuck, if he can see any of these from like far out, uh he's saving him. And he's playing uh, pretty out of his mind right now. You have to think again, Vesna trophy, even heart conversation as people start to notice, and I'm sure people are gonna be talking about him. This week as the Jets play two against Toronto. Um, you know, when you have the best goalie in the league, it certainly helps. Uh, scoring, you know, is that a bit of a premium with Mark Shifley out, but hey, they managed to get one and you know, had a day off practicing yesterday and uh, played against a Boston team. You know, we talk about streaks. You know, more more important than the win is chasing history. That's 34 <laughs> games in a row, three or fewer, and 14 in a row, allowing two or fewer, and oh, look who's the opponent tonight—Boston, who just put up nine on Montreal. So it doesn't get easier. And but hey, you got to win, and and you get to move move forward. So yeah. hopefully uh, you know, they
1: blew their wad against the Habs on uh, on yeah. Saturday night, and um, you know they uh, they they got all the goals out before the Winnipeg Jets came to town. As they say, we're going to hear. Uh, we'll talk for a few minutes with Hags uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. After that, we'll hear from Rick Bonus on tonight's game and a little bit more on uh, from uh, from Adam Lowry. Uh, but let's just quickly rewind and uh, wrap the Saturday game conversation uh, with Rick Bonus's thoughts on the two-one overtime win over the Ottawa Senators. Here is Rick Bonus.
3: Take us through that game, Bones, and just uh, leading up to the game. How you felt you played through the the start? Well, first of all, Ottawa played a great game. They did. Uh, Jacques and Alfie and Jack, they got those guys playing really, really structured now. And that was a tough game for us. They made it really hard for us. They're sitting back a little bit in the neutral zone. It makes it hard to get through there. So, first of all, you give them a lot of credit. Uh, It took us a little while to get going. I thought we played better in the third. I uh, thought we got our legs going again, um, so yeah. Listen, that's uh, give, again, give them credit, give us credit for finding a way to win the game, even though we, we I would say we weren't at our best. But there's uh, so, but you know, Helly's going to make the timely save, and Nick's going to get that timely goal, so we get the two points and move on.
1: Well, yeah, there were uh, there were plenty of timely saves uh, uh, from Rick Bonus, all of them, frankly, and in such a tight game where. Uh, we're of importance, and you know we'll get to the Ealers' goal in a minute, but um, I mean,, we've talked about the three goals against, the two goals against. It's now 22 games in a row. The Jets have allowed two goals or less in regulation. Um, just an absolutely it's stunning, stunning run this team is on right now. Um, and a lot of times the goaltenders have had um, well, I shouldn't say easy nights. I mean, there's no easy nights in the NHL. Um, but I would say that uh, if you compared all the wins, the way the team played in front of the goaltenders and who you really had to lean on for the win, there was no doubt who the first star was that night and you know, that afternoon, and it was Connor Hellebach who continues to play. I mean, we, we've been spoiled to see him play at such a high level for so long. Uh, he might even be better this year if that's possible. Definitely the leader for the Vesna Trophy right now as we get into the second half of the season.
2: Yeah, who our uh Connor Rabichak putting together these numbers since the start of December. Uh so here we are since December 1, Connor Helbock here as I bring it up. 16 games played, 13-1-2, one 168 goals against, 943 save percentage. I mean, uh, I'm seeing comments. I mean, the guy, well the guy's a machine. He plays almost every game. Uh, people are commenting in our YouTube that what he's almost like a cheat code, like it's not fair to these other teams. And he's not flashy; he doesn't have to be. He's always in position. He makes every save look routine. Uh, it's incredible watching him, and uh, pretty awesome that he's on on the Winnipeg Jets, and we get to watch this type of greatness uh, every night.
1: Well, and the fact that they re-signed him, his contract hasn't even kicked in yet. He's basically a Jet forever. Uh, and that is, uh, we. I often, I often say as a Chiefs fan, I just thank my lucky stars every day for Patrick Mahomes. I do the same thing for Connor Hellebuck for uh, for the win for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, uh, but listen, it was Eli, Nikolai Ehlers that stole the show, and I, I will give credit. And I know there's, been, know there's some comments in chat about the Jets in overtime. Some interesting pairings that Bones put out. I will say that. Um, but, man, they controlled the play. They had the puck pretty much the entirety of the overtime period. That being said, it went kind of extended, and in the uh, late moments of the five-minute OT period, it was Nikolai Ehlers going coast-to-coast to to avoid going to the shootout. Here's what Bones had to say about uh, Ehlers' game winner Saturday afternoon
3: well just his elite skill skating and puck handling ability and again when you're playing the team that's sitting back like they were it's tough to get through there uh so all of a sudden you get three on three you get a little more open ice and you're going to notice those guys a little bit more got like nick and vladdy and kc so that was just a tremendous goal by again elite skater and the elite puck skills
1: yeah elite is a perfect way to describe what we saw from nikolai ehlers in overtime i mean uh elite speed the skill and a uh wicked backhand that um, you don't see guys score on that often, but uh, that was the goal the Winnipeg Jets needed to secure two points and move on to Boston. Uh, one more. Uh, well, actually, you see what Ehlers had to say about the, uh, about the goal. He uh, brought the fans uh, in Winnipeg and the Jet fans that were at Canadian Tire Centre out of their seats with uh, a bit of
2: brilliance. Just trying to create some speed going out of the zone again. Um, and I thought he was a little bit flat-footed um, and decided to just try something that I don't really do a lot.
1: Yes, and that try something was completely turnstile. Jacob Chikrin, who has been getting plenty of mentions in Jet Circles and on this program last, uh, <laughs> uh, the last week or so, um, probably not the way he wanted to end up in a highlight. On Saturday afternoon, at the expense of number twenty-seven. Uh, one more clip from uh, Saturday's game. Here's Brendan Dillon, who uh, played a big, mean game as well. Dropped the gloves with Brady Kachuk. Here's what Brendan Dillon had to say about uh, about another big win. We know
3: now we're we're expecting every team's best. We're expecting every team's a game to to tighten up to to really you know defend well against us and. Uh, they, you know, took
4: away the middle of, uh, middle of the neutral zone and we didn't really have a whole lot off of the rush, which uh, we knew we were going to maybe take beyond 60 minutes tonight. We, we stressed that from, from the start of the first to all the way through all those special teams in the second. And um, sure enough, we are able to capitalize
3: and get the full two points in the, in the overtime.
1: All right, so there's Brendan Dillon, a little wrap of a Monday's game. Now, we do have some audio from this morning from the Winnipeg Jets. Sounds like Connor Hellebuck's going again today. Uh, but we'll have that for you after Joe Haggerty joins us in a few minutes before the hammer jumps on the program with us. Um, a few other things to get to, Remo, uh, before we talk with uh, with Joe. First off, as it relates to the Jets and the organization, um, some real unfortunate news for Chaz Lucius. And Chaz, when he has played for the Manitoba Moose, and really over the last number of years, has been a dynamic, exciting player. But, man, he's had a tough time staying healthy. Um, he had ankle problems last year and in the past. And uh, Mark Morrison, Moose head coach, today announcing that Chad Lu- Chaz Lucius is going to have season-ending surgery. Uh, another stroke of really bad luck for uh, the talented Jets' first-round prospect.
2: Yeah, he's really been plagued by injuries. And when he played, especially last year in the WHL, um, he was awesome and as just staying healthy has been such a challenge for him, and he's been out with illness, and they said injuries getting it looked at, and now they announced today, Mark Morrison that he's going to have surgery. Drafted in yeah 2021, 18th overall. Um, yeah, like he played 12 games for the Moose last year, and six in Portland, 17 this year. You know, in and out of the lineup. Uh, it's certainly a tough situation for him. You hope they can figure out what's going on here. But that uh, was tough to see for the guy. Has you know, turned pro yeah. from college, and you know when you're in the lineup, you've been solid, but can't seem to stay healthy. So another uh, another ankle surgery or another you know surgery for him.
1: Yeah, I mean not to be uh, not to be too um, cold about this. Um, you know this is going to be a real challenge for Chaz, and uh, I think you know moving forward, if he's going to get um, anywhere close to the potential that he has. Um, than what the Jets believed they had in him when they selected him in the first round. He's going to have to be in the lineup and play more games. Um, So we hope that that will be the case moving forward. He was also a player that I think, you know, when you look at Jets prospects may have been, you know, some player they may have been willing to move on at the deadline um, as part of a trade deal. I think obviously this season-ending surgery and the questions about him moving forward probably – Uh, impact that as well. Hey, quick uh, thanks to my guy, Chris Beck in chat. Happy to be in the chat for a change. This is a chief's kingdom, super chat. Congratulations. Becker shout out to you. Great supporter of the lock shop as well. Uh, Really do appreciate that. So that was the news from uh, the moose. Another tough weekend for, uh, for the club. Um, They got to find a win. They're back at it tomorrow uh, at Canada life center looking to uh, get into the win column and get two points. It's been uh, it's been a while, um, pretty much the entire year of 2024. Uh, so time for the Moose to get some wins. But a couple of other big news in the National Hockey League, Raymond, I was watching the game Saturday afternoon with the fellas, pulled up the phone, check out what's going on, and saw the tweet from the New York Islanders that Lou Lamorello had fired Lane Lambert as head coach of the Islanders, who, of course, we saw here in Winnipeg, On Tuesday night, Uh, they lost in overtime to the Blackhawks on Friday, and that was that for Lane Lambert. What really got people talking about was their new choice of head coach, a newly shaven Patrick Waugh back in the NHL on the bench of the Islanders.
2: Yeah, you were talking about uh, legendary goalies. Patrick Waugh, I mean, is certainly just that, and... A bit weird seeing him with uh, you know the Islanders jersey, not with uh, Colorado Avalanche where he played and uh, coached before. And um, you know I, was, I saw this tweet here from Scott Wheeler about in the Quebec Rampart that he was coaching before. Uh, last year's Quebec Rampart are the most structured and well coached junior teams I've ever watched. They didn't even look like a CHL team. Identity, a clear system and roles within it, and those kids played their hearts out. Patrick Waugh convinced me he's a very good coach. That Scott Wheeler, the athletic we've had here on the program. And who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't play your ass off for a guy like Patrick Waugh behind the bench? And uh, let they won the Memorial Cup last year, and I guess he took some time off and I was on his way to the Islanders, you know, already coaching. He's you know, laying it down there. Uh, pretty awesome to see a legend like that, uh, back in the NHL. A bit weird. In an Islander's jersey, but interesting if this is the spark for them where they can turn you know, turn things around. But what a what a eye-opener that was. Uh and you you tweeted out holy shit on Saturday, yeah, didn't that's you? That's
1: exactly that was exactly my response. I mean, listen, I've never been a raw guy. I mean, I wasn't a Habs fan growing up. I was sort of cheering for you know the wings in those epic Detroit, Colorado battles back in the day. But I will say this, as someone that just loves personalities and color in sports and gives us something to talk about, mm. it is great to have Patrick Waugh back in the National Hockey League. And, and you know, the, the landing spot for Waugh is quite interesting in New York in that if you look at everywhere Waugh has been, he's a, he's a polarizing figure. He's not afraid to butt heads with his bosses. And that's pretty much happened everywhere that he's been before. So I think it took a special situation and a special general manager to hire Patrick Waugh. And Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello's given F level is always at the bottom. Um, I think he's a perfect guy to bring in Patrick Waugh. He is as secure as anybody in the National Hockey League. He's 81 years old. Um, And I think he knows what he wants from his team. uh, And he wants them to play in the mode of their head coach. And um, you won't find many with more passion than Patrick Waugh. So um, interesting to see that. That was big news from the uh, the weekend. And then the other thing, Remo, that we just heard about is Corey Perry signing with the Edmonton Oilers. I'll be honest. I wasn't sure whether he'd be back in the National Hockey League this year. We still haven't really heard about what happened. But he got the blessing from Gary Bettman. To resume his career, it sounded like there were a number of suitors. And uh, tell you what, the situation in Edmonton is a hell of a lot different than it was in late October than it is right now. Um, He wants to play for another cup, and he obviously feels he's got a good
2: chance doing that in northern Alberta. Yeah, from a hockey perspective, it seems like a solid move for Edmonton. A veteran player, Uh, he's got Stanley Cup experience, low cap hit. They signed him for what, like seven hundred and seventy-five thousand uh, he can certainly be a fit there and you know they've been on a heater i think 11 in a row now so you know they're well in a playoff spot after you know we were sitting here laughing at their failure which led to uh the coaching change but since then they've they've been absolutely on fire so uh interesting addition Corey perry to edmonton those are two moves on the weekend that you look at your foot and you're like oh wow this is really happening here so a, a lot going on in uh weekend in january
1: No doubt about that. Uh, As far as the standings go, the Canucks won a wild one with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. They got up to 66 points. Um, But the Canucks still have played two more games in the Winnipeg Jets. So the Jets, again, today, today will determine first place in the league by points percentage. So the Jets are number one. But really, it is a battle between the Canucks, the Boston Bruins, and the Winnipeg Jets for top spot. And we've got two of those teams going at it tonight in Boston. We're going to head there in just a second. Um, Before we do that, do want to thank our friends at Canadian Club for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Don't forget, Winnipeg Whiskey Festival is coming up. Stay tuned to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're going to have an exclusive opportunity for WSTers to get in on an event that we'll be participating in at the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. Um, and, of course, Canadian Club, proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival. Pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and get Canadian Club, all the favorites, the original, 100% rye, the Canadian, Classic, the Canadian Club Classic 12-year-old, and... Limited availabilities left of the CC Invitation Series. 15-year-old sherry cask available now as well. And, of course, always enjoy responsibly. Um, Let me give a shout-out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershop. i got a visit with Modern Man tomorrow. A little helmet reduction. Guys, if you want to look good, head on down to Modern Man. They'll take care of you. And conveniently located with eight locations throughout the city of Winnipeg. Um, They've got you covered, guys, with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Um, You can make an appointment to book your look via modernmanbarber.com for the new location on Pemina, Panette Road, or any of the other six locations in town. And don't forget to give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barbershop. And just before we bring in hags, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Advent Pact again, who uh, fired me a DM today and said, uh, hey, Andrew, I just wanted to let you know I bought a battery at Manitoba Battery and told them I learned of them from WST. Added bonus was the battery was cheaper at Manitoba Battery compared to Canadian Tire and Amazon. We've been telling you that over and over again. You can shop local and get the best prices in town. Manitoba Battery beating the pants off the big box stores with their prices. And better yet, any purchase over 60 bucks, you don't even need to leave your home Donnie and the gang will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter of Winnipeg. Don't forget, new location opening up next month in the south side of the city on Dover Court. We'll have grand opening specials and sale information for you at that point. But right now, uh, for all of your battery needs as we get through this cold snap, ManitobaBattery.com or give them a call at seven eight three eighty seven eighty seven. You can always visit them there at ten twenty six. Logan Avenue. All right. Heavyweight till tonight in Boston. The Winnipeg Jets and Boston Bruins going at it. Whenever the Whenever Jets the are Jets- taking on the Boston Bruins, we hook up with Boston Sports Journals Joe Haggerty. Hags, it is great to have you back on the program. And uh what a till we've got set up between two of the top teams in the NHL. What's going on? How are you?
0: Loving it. Who who would have guessed at the beginning of the year that uh, Mid-season, we'd be talking about Winnipeg Jets, Boston Bruins, maybe being a Stanley Cup final preview. Uh, you know, a couple of teams that are uh, playing extremely well right now through the first half of the season have looked very good. I'm super impressed with what I've seen out of Winnipeg. Clearly, uh, they, and I've written this a couple of times, clearly they were the winners of the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade in, in a big, big way. Uh, and that, in locking up their their star players there, has really you know, turned things around. It's been awesome to watch. Uh, as far as the Bruins go, they continue to defy, defy expectations uh, where we you try to bury them, try to write the epitaph each year that uh, this is the year they're going to fall out of it. This is the year things are going to fall apart. Patrice Bergeron's gone. Krejci's gone. Yet there they are, uh, number one in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, at the top uh, of the playoff teams and looking pretty good going down the stretch here and in uh, headed into the second half.
1: Um. You know, last year was that incredible run. I mean, one of the most dominant regular seasons in NHL history. It ended, unfortunately, for the Bruins in the seventh game of round number one. And then the retirement of Patrice Bergeron, who had been, I mean, the standard, the captain, um, the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways. And then David Krejci goes as well. I think there were a lot of questions as to how the Bruins would be able to come back, especially you know, with that depleted center position, Um, Joe, Joe, how are they doing it? I mean, uh, they're right there at the top of the league again. um, And it seems like a lot of new faces are sort of stepping up and, you know, contributing.
0: Yeah. I think the first half of the year, uh, a lot of it was the goaltending, you know, and that's been the constant uh, all season long is, uh, is superior goaltending at the top uh, of the, the league numbers for every important category uh, last year's Vesna Trophy winner and Linus Allmark, an all-star this year, and Jeremy Swayman, the other goalie. And if if Allmark hadn't gotten hurt a couple of weeks ago, there was actually a legit chance that both Allmark and Swayman were going to get voted in as all-stars. And then when was the last time we saw that happen? Two guys from the same tandem uh, end up at all-star I weekend. But,
5: never.
0: Right. That, that That's how great that they've been, you know? Uh So I I think what we're we're seeing is the first half of the year, they were figuring things out. They obviously have Pasternak and Marchand producing offensively, and they've carried them at times when the offense uh, has been hard to come by. And they have the great goaltending when, you know, the defense breaks down. They were having issues the first half of the year, letting on-band rushes up, breakaways, things like that. And the defense was really hiding a lot of that. But I think what you're seeing now, since the Christmas break, they're averaging over four goals a game. The defense is getting healthy and really tightening up. The, the goalies are as good as they've been. They're really starting to, to develop some depth in the lineup and having other guys really producing offensively. Charlie Coyle has basically stepped up and been a number one center with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci retiring. He's been phenomenal uh, this year and has been a third offensive cog behind Marchand and Posternak. Jake DeBrusque has come alive in the second half of the season. Um, You know, Pavel Zaka has been very solid. Uh, They're now getting production and good play from their third and fourth line. Trent Frederick is having an excellent season. Danton Heinen kicks in uh, a hat trick uh, last weekend. You know, they're getting – they're starting to get that offense and that production from all kinds of different places in the lineup. But it really feels like things are starting to come together for them. You put that together, they're in the middle of a stretch where they're playing 12 of 14 at home. They're basically at home from the beginning of the middle of January to the middle of February, just one trip to uh, Philly and Ottawa. That's it. They already have a lead. I think this oh, next month is when they could really start separating themselves from everybody in the East and really running away uh, with the number one seed. And it's going to be interesting to watch because they've already gone through a lot of their tough travel in the first half of the year.
1: You know, it, it's a great point in that, you know, they've got five points right now in the New York Rangers. They have a game in hand right now. And this is a team – that, listen, they learned the hard way that just because you're first place or you have the first seed doesn't mean like there's any easy outs come playoff time. Um, But with that, I think the ability to, you know, rest a goaltender, although they have such a great tandem, that's not really an issue in Boston where it would be somewhere like Winnipeg where a guy like Connor Hellebuck plays so much. Um, But also to prepare themselves to get over the hump and be, I mean, there is a luxury to, You know, to having that sort of a lead right now. And, you know, the Winnipeg Jets in the Central Division have sort of done something similar. Um, You know, they're still in first place. They've got three games in hand over Colorado, who's one point back. And now put a little bit of space between them and the Dallas Stars with four points and the two games in hand as well. I think back to the game on December 22nd here in Winnipeg, which was, I mean, that was a magical month for Winnipeg. They've had some big, big games. Um, but that was a game where they really took it to Boston. And I, I'll be very interested to see the pushback from the Bruins tonight because there's a lot of guys in that room. They don't lose very often. I, I'm sure they remembered that one, Joe. And uh, we'll be looking to have, put, their put their best foot, foot forward, forward tonight, tonight. against uh, against the Jets.
0: Yeah, I have a little doubt that that game's going to be a lot of the conversation before the in that player's dressing room before the game starts tonight. And, you know, I mentioned to you things started coming together coming out of the holiday break. They really struggled going into the holiday break and looked like a tired team. They had a really difficult road stretch, basically stretching from Thanksgiving and right before Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas. Uh, And you could see they were on fumes when they got to that last uh, bottom portion uh, right before the holiday break started. And that's not to take away from anything Winnipeg did in that game because they were awesome. Uh, Gabe Velarde was so impressive in that stretch when Winnipeg was playing. And in that game, he was very good too. Um, And you could see Winnipeg was just flying high with confidence and playing at the peak of their game. And it was kind of like two trains going in opposite directions and really hit Uh, in a perfect storm where the Bruins just got stomped and the Winnipeg looked great. I expect it to be much closer tonight. I expect a much better Bruins team tonight, and I I think it's going to be interesting. Like I said, they're well-rested now. They've been home for a few games. Uh, They're barely going to be on the road. They've got the bye week coming up on NHL All-Star weekend. Uh, They're going to start, I think, really having uh, their way with some of these teams that are coming to the garden when they're resting and recharging Uh, for the next month and they've gotten a lot of that tough travel out of the way Uh, and the bruins are playing with that kind of confidence that winnipeg had on december 22nd right now based on the way that they're playing and based on how everything's sort of uh gelling and coming together for them so i I think it's going to be a good game tonight and it's going to be very interesting and i i I, you know i know the winnipeg listeners probably aren't going to hear this but it might be a little bit of the reverse score uh, tonight, just based on the way things are going for the two teams. Well,
1: the well, Jets well, the are Jets going to be, going up, to be against up against it. it. No Mark Scheifele uh, in the lineup tonight, and Gabriel Velarde, who you just mentioned, is apparently a game time decision. So we'll wait to see if he's he's able to go. I mean, you know, if you're with us on YouTube right now, this is such an interesting matchup. I mean, you look at the records of these two teams: Jets 30, 10 and four, Bruins twenty eight eight and nine. Um, you know, both goals, uh, four in excess of 3.3. Boston with a little bit better. Jets with the league best, 2.25 goals against per game. Boston, 2.64. But a big, big difference in special teams. Um, the Bruins, elite power play and elite penalty kill. That's, it, it, it's somewhat incredible that the Jets have been as successful as they've been this year because their special teams have taken a bit of a step back. Um, but all of that probably plays into you know a really, really interesting matchup. The funny thing is, Joe, the Jets are on this incredible run. It's 22 straight games of allowing two goals or less in regulation dating back to November 30th. Um, and I think we were all hoping that maybe Boston got all their goals out on Saturday night, putting up a nine spot.
0: I mean, th- that was an impressive performance and, and there could be a little bit of an offensive letdown uh, after the, them putting up the nine goals against the Canadians. And obviously they were, you know, very highly motivated in that game. Uh, you know, the pr- the club president was on the ice with his former teammates and they were celebrating that era uh, of the Boston Bruins in this centennial season. So, you know, there were guys like Reggie Lemelin and Randy Burridge and, Jay Miller and all these other guys, these old Bruins legends uh, out on the ice with Cam and Ray Bork and, and everybody else, and Rick Middleton. So I think they wanted to put on a good showing, especially against the Montreal Canadiens, and they did that. That being said, uh, since Christmas, they have averaged four-and-a-half goals a game. Uh, their offense has gone way, way up. And the first half, before Christmas, and I, I think this is why this is going to be a little different for this Bruins team this year, versus last year, where I think they just came out of the gate last year and they were blowing teams away with their lineup, with their depth. Then they traded for you know Orlov and Hathaway and, and, and uh, Bertuzzi at the deadline. They were just overwhelming teams with their overall depth and talent last year and just blowing teams out of the water. The first few months of this year, even though they were winning games, they were white-knuckling a lot of third periods. It was one-goal leads go in the third period. They were hanging on. They weren't scoring a ton. A lot of the games are going overtime and they were, they lose a lot of those overtime games. They're not a great overtime team. So they had to grind this first half of the season for their wins in a way they did not have to last year. So even if they run away with the conference in the second half of the year, like they did last year, I think this is a team that's a lot better prepared for the playoffs based on the grinding and the adversity they had in the first half of the year. And they had to go through some tough times to get some of those wins and have some team meetings and have some discussions about things. And, you know, at one point, uh, Jim Montgomery uh, told him to, you know, get to put the pucks away and bag skated them in a practice uh, a couple of months ago, which never would have happened last year. There was a lot of interesting little things like that happening this year that I think make this team a little harder edged and and are going to make them a little more battle hardened when it comes uh, push comes to shove uh, come postseason time. Uh, But getting back to the original point, they're at the they're at their peak offensively right now. I think they're feeling it in a way they did not feel it in the first three months of the year. Uh, recently, Jim Montgomery has broken up the fourth line, and he's kind of added balance to the third and fourth line, putting Jacob Lauko on the third line, putting Trent Frederick centering the fourth line. And that has actually uh, allowed them to have balance throughout their forward lineup in a way they didn't have in the first half of the season. And he's allowed he can play his fourth line more now with Frederick there kind Of holding things together, so you're looking at a Bruins team that I think is kind of figuring out how they're best, how they best operate offensively and operating at their highest efficiency offensively right now. I think Winnipeg's probably going to see that witness first firsthand tonight.
1: You know, it, it, it's funny that you say that because there, um, it's a great comparison between these two teams. I mean, if you look at what has changed for Winnipeg this year, uh, it's the depth. I mean, you know, you add in, you remove Velarde and bring in Aia fallo or sorry, you, you remove Dubois, and you get Vellardi, and Ayafalo and Rasmus Kapari. Um, you know, the additions of Nino Niederreiter and Vladna Metznikov at the deadline, who've stayed with the club, have been great. And, you know, Rick Bone is far more willing to run four lines night after night, very similar to what Boston is doing. I think that's why you're seeing these two teams battling it out for top spot of the entire table. Um, let me ask you about uh, a Manitoba kid, that got a kind of new lease on life with his career in Morgan Geeky. Um, you know, he was cut loose by the Kraken, saw a great opportunity in Boston, signed a two-year deal. Fill us in on uh, how the Manitoban Geeky's doing right now for the club and what sort of role he's playing for, uh, for the Bruins.
0: Yeah, Morgan Geeky's been very good. Like, it, it took him, I think, the first few months of the year to get comfortable and to figure out how he fit with this whole group and, and to really, um, for them to figure out who he was as a player and how he fit best with them. But he's been a versatile, uh, a productive player. Um, I, what I've noticed most about him is that he can play with all kinds of different players and play in different roles. And he's equally effective when they put him at center and on the wing, and when he's playing. And you know, he's played at times with David Pasternak, and at other times he's played with Matt Patra and been a really good, you know, experienced big winger uh, for a playmaking, young playmaking center like Patra. And he's done really well everywhere he's been. I think he's got uh, high hockey IQ. He, I think, distinguishes himself and really ingratiates himself to the coaching staff with the second and third effort he has on pucks all the time. It's been a real trademark of him when he's out there in the offensive zone, winning battles, second and third effort, keeping plays alive around the net, using his uh, size and strength uh, to really good uh, utilization in the offensive zone. Um, And, you know, it's funny. Morgan Geeky's probably not a guy that's going to dazzle you with a skill like some players do, but he has, like, a hard blue-collar skill, I like to call it, you know, where it doesn't look pretty the way he wins battles and the way he gets the puck through, uh, you know, defenders to get it on the other side, but it's always effective and he's able to do it, and it's just a big, strong, hard hockey player that uses that to its best uh, degree offensively, and he's got a great shot too. So he's been excellent, and I'd say the last six weeks or so, um especially there was a point where Pavel zaka got hurt and he was getting more top six looks once that happened i think once he got a few looks top six i think his confidence went up they saw what he could really do and i'd say the last six months or so he's been excellent for them and, and really become uh you know part of the core group well it is, well, a, it great is a great story, story and this
1: should be a great game tonight joe thanks so much for jumping on uh, enjoy this till tonight and who knows? Fingers crossed this won't be the last time these two teams play each other this year, this season. Let's talk again in June. Let's do this again in June. What do you there's, think? There's only, on, only only one, only one other one way other to, way ha- to ha- have that happen. Have that happen. Uh, <laughs> enjoy one. Thanks so much for popping by. You got it. Thank you, bud. Good, good, stuff. good stuff. There, there is, is uh, 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 Joe Haggerty from the Boston Sports Journal. As I mentioned, Jeff Hamilton's going to jump up with us in about 15 minutes or so. Um, but I'm going to bring Remo back in in just a second and get the latest on the Jets lineup and hear a little bit more from the team uh, going into this one tonight. do want to remind you, gang, that the team is back on Saturday night. That is going to be Bedlam and Canada Life Centre. Jets versus Leafs. Uh, d- certainly a season high for uh, ticket interest and prices for the game. But if you're lucky enough to grab a ticket, we'll see you there Shout out to all the WSTers that uh, probably have the best deal in the building for getting in with us on the ticket package. Cannot wait to see you all on Saturday night. Now, some more great games coming out of the break, including Saturday night, February 10th, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Grab your tickets for that. And again, if you're thinking about getting back in on a ticket package which I believe will confirm you for playoff tickets before they go on sale. Now is a great time to get back on board with the Winnipeg Jets. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets for more information and to uh, get back on board, whether it be season tickets or a package. Great time to do that for the first place club. Um, Also want to thank Wallace & Wallace for their support. Of course, you know, they're the fencing and overhead door specialists in Winnipeg. They've been doing it since 1946. And right now, as we go through this cold snap, which hopefully is going to be easing up a little bit in the next few days, um, this is when your garage door is working as hard as it will any time in the calendar year. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know And that is Wallace and Wallace. And as we get into January and look ahead to the rest of 2024, now might be a great time to go see the fellas at F Apparel. I'm going to be doing that. Connor's coming down. We're going to get a couple new suits and some some looks, if you will, for 2024. Uh, The bottom line is the uh, best deals on the best looking menswear in town is at F Apparel with custom suits made to fit Keep you looking great all year, beginning at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories you won't find anywhere else. And hey, if you are getting married this year or in a wedding party, make sure you talk to the guys at F about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown. And you can make an appointment at F apparel. That's E P H com. All right, remote, come on back in. And uh, let's hear a little bit more of bones uh, from today. Um, and, uh, interesting lineup, you know, Ken and I were talking earlier this week as to when we'd see Lauren Bressois And I kind of figured it would probably be either Ottawa or Boston with these big games against the Leafs coming up. But, uh, I mean, when you play the way Connor Hellebuck played on Saturday, probably hard not to just let him run for another game.
2: Yeah, you're looking at the Jets' schedule right now, Huss, and you know they had this long break here, longer than they've had in a while, with three days, uh, three full days between the Islanders and the Sens, and they got a big week. You know, is the week big for us because they're playing against Toronto, or is it just a normal? Uh, week for the Jets. You know, they'll have a day off in between games and then two days off, and then you have this uh, lengthy break before, all, you know, then All-Star weekend. So, you know, maybe we got ahead of ourselves, and they're just going to be like, you know what? Hella, you're a guy. We want to shove it to the Leafs on uh, national TV, both games on, on Sportsnet. Uh, maybe they will just ride t- ride him, and then he'll have, you know, a week off with the All-Star break. So, yeah, we thought, okay, you got to get Brossois in at some point, but you no, know, they had three days off last week. They're going to have a week off after. You know, maybe you just ride your guy. He's playing too good to be like, yeah, sorry, you got to come out now.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's LB on, on Wednesday. I mean, they did say that LB was going to play one of these games this week. And uh, okay. we'll see whether that has changed at all um, after a performance The way Mr. Matinee himself put on uh, uh, a Canadian tire center in Ottawa. Let's uh, hear from Bones, though. He spoke after tonight's morning, uh, this morning's morning skate, and uh, gave his thoughts on tonight's matchup against the Beasts of the East, the Boston Bruins.
3: Yeah, listen, these are the fun games to play, right? You're going head-to-head with uh, one of the top teams in the league. So the, you're in the middle of January here, and uh, some games um, aren't as important as others, it seems, And but this is a certainly a big game for both teams. So we're, these are games the players should enjoy. You're going head-to-head with the best, and uh, uh, so it should be a hell of a hockey game, and we feel good where we are. Last time you faced Boston was the game before the break. You're Once again, coming up to the break, do you feel they're just as focused as they yeah. were? Yeah, time. but you know, it's funny this, how the schedule works. Work. Sometimes you're playing a team during the schedule and they're, and they're just off a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think when we played Boston the last time, when they were off a little bit. Now they're coming out playing a lot better than they were when we played them before. So we're going to get the true Boston Bruins tonight. Again, there's lulls in the schedule for everybody and sometimes you're playing that team and they're just off. And we certainly uh, saw a Boston Bruins team that was off the last game and we're going to see a much better team tonight.
1: Right, so there's bones, and uh, you know, kind of picking up on what we said with uh, with Hags in that last segment. Uh, the Bruins remember that game here in Winnipeg. They did not look very good. The Jets did, and uh, I'm sure the home team will be looking for uh, a sense of payback tonight when uh, when they drop the puck just after six p.m. As we mentioned, no Mark Shifley tonight, uh, and Gabriel Velarde is a game time decision. And uh, and listen, Reem. Bad enough that Scheif's out right now, but you know you see how different this lineup looks like without Mark Scheifele be a real hit to the Winnipeg Jets to be losing two of their top offensive players if Velarde can't go.
2: Yeah, I mean, scoring is certainly was tough for them last game uh, without Mark Scheifele. They managed to score uh, four in you know, a one empty netter against the Islanders, but... Uh, You're going to miss that guy. I mean, he's your leading scorer. He's your number one center. He's a huge part of this team. And I'm trying to think of, like, who the MVPs are. Um, You know, the guys that are really tough to replace, obviously, Hellebuck, uh, Josh Morrissey as well, your number one D, and your number one center. Really important to the success of this team. Adam Lowry's done a great job uh, filling in. But, you know, the point-per-game guy, Mark Shafley, you know, number one center, really brings that, you know, brings the offense, uh, whatever line that he's on. So. Uh, well, you know, groin injury, things take time. You know, they got to be
1: careful with it.
2: Yeah, you got to be careful. And they're looking towards the playoffs now. I mean, they know how delicate these things can be. So you'd like to see him get in against Toronto. Ken wrote in the free press, you know, they haven't said anything, but he doesn't expect him to play Wednesday. You know that he would love to play Big in time. Toronto. um He'd probably love to play against Toronto here. I mean, on Hockey Day in Canada, who wouldn't want to play in that kind of game? but more important thing is to make sure that he's hundred percent and they got a big opportunity here with this all-star break coming at a perfect time. So, um, you know, that the goalie, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned that they wanted, said they wanted to get bro Swally in this week, but I mean, Hulley's playing so out of his mind and they have the week off. How do you, how do you take him out? And same with the Mark Shifley. I mean, you want to play him, but big opportunity with the week off. So, you know, these are two things to watch here as the week continues.
1: Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about that. Um, uh, you know, I thought Nino Niederreiter had a real strong game on Saturday, and uh, Bones talked uh, about Nino earlier today, um, and what he's brought to the club since uh, arriving here at the deadline last season.
3: His versatility helps a lot because he can play either wing, he uh, helps the power play, he's good on the bumper uh, and he's very, very competitive, he's a big strong guy that goes to the net, he's very good on the forecheck, he finishes his check, he's got a good stick on the forecheck, uh, forces a lot of turnovers, so he does a lot of little things that we notice that we that help us, um, but again a big part of it is he's a competitive guy who can skate, he's big and strong and his versatility is a big help to us.
0: As a coach, would like to have a guy that you can basically mark down for 20 20 goals every year. I mean, he's done it seven times. Tracking to do it an eighth time. Like, what does it mean as a coach to know that you can? That goal scoring is the hardest thing to do in this league. When you have someone you can basically count
4: on to do that every year, what does that yeah,
3: mean? Well, that's, you know, that's why why he's still playing at the level he's playing. He's a good player, and he's going to score goals. And he's good around the net, and he's not afraid to go into the tough areas. Uh, when you have the skill set that he has, and you have that desire that he has around the net, he's going to score goals, whether they're greasy goals or good goals off the rush. Yeah, he, he can score either way, but it's a skill level and more than anything it's just his competitiveness and his, his, he'll go to the net hard and he's a tough man to move out of there
1: now there's uh, Bones with uh, some praise for 62 Nino Niederreiter um, one more here from Bones and this is just a quick update on not only Mark Shifley but also David Gustafson who uh, is uh, trying to come back from injury as well
2: yeah just starting here uh, with
3: Gustafson uh, he's still on IR
2: you're you seeing some progress
3: with him? Yep. Yeah, he'll be ready to go soon. Anything, sorry, if I missed it, did Mark, uh,
0: do
1: you see him taking another step forward?
3: Today? Yeah, he was skating well today. Well, he's day-to-day at this point. He won't play tonight, but he's day-to-day.
1: Day-to-day for, uh, for And As I said, if, the, if these games weren't against Toronto, it wasn't sort of a homecoming game for Mark on, on Wednesday, I would say... Almost for sure, they just let him sit an extra couple games, give him the extra time for the uh, player break, and have him come back 100% afterwards. Um, But I do know that he is definitely going to want to play in that game, and he is skating right now. So we'll cross our fingers and hope that Shifley is good to go for the game on Wednesday or Saturday back here in Winnipeg. Adam Lowry's the guy that. Has been moving up into that top line role while shifley has been out um here's the captain on uh, actually getting a few days in between games and getting some practicing
4: yeah I, i think you know a few more opportunities to practice i think that's something that we kind of missed early Mm -hmm. to start the month. So just to get an opportunity for repetition, you know, so hopefully we can be a little crisper than we were last game. I think Ottawa did a really good job. They they have a lot of speed and didn't really let us come through the neutral zone too cleanly. And, you know, part of that was our own own doing, missing passes, kind of missing reads. So we know that it'll be important to be really sharp tonight against a team that plays as well as they do at home, like Boston.
1: All right, so there's uh, Adam Lowry. It has been oh. nice. The Jets did practice yesterday. Got some, uh, some, uh, you know, a little bit of extra work, probably particularly on special teams, as we mentioned. Major, major advantage for Boston on both power play and penalty kill in uh, in these games. Um,
2: uh, Remo, what uh, I hear you going? Oh, oh, behind the uh, behind the scenes, uh, wh- what's going on? I just got an alert for some breaking news, and I had a breaking news. Should I play this new breaking news? Sounder here, uh, for sure, for sure. I I mean, you you can determine. I don't know the news, so you play
1: it if uh, if you think that it we should be playing it right now.
2: Okay, here.
3: We've got breaking news. We've got breaking news.
2: Okay, so the NHL announced today. Uh, forward Kyle Connor has been added to the roster for the 2024 NHL All Star Weekend. Him. And Vincent Trocheck will be replacing Jack Eichel and Connor Bedard. So, another reason to tune in All Star Weekend, Kyle Connor uh, added to the game. Uh, nice to see him get the nod. He was on a record pace, got injured. He's back now, and now him and Connor Hellebuck and Rick Bonus will be taking part of the game.
1: Oh, that's some great news. That's some great news. I'm not sure whether he has to cancel his Airbnb somewhere yeah. or <laughs> for the, uh, the last thing. Um, and I guess that means no Blackhawk in the uh, in the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah,
2: no Blackhawks, yeah, good. They don't have any well, players that are deserving.
1: Well, I mean, that was the the hilarious conversation that we were having as to you know, what exactly um like who on the Blackhawks could possibly go to the All-Star game if it's not Connor Bedard. Um so yeah, great news, KFC going to the ASG. Love it. Um certainly a deserving player and with the, how well the Winnipeg Jets have played this season, um, certainly um, they were probably worthy of having a skater or two in that game as well as just uh, as well as just Connor Hellebuck um, we've got Jeff Hamilton coming up and uh, we're going to hit a number of topics with hammer um, but I did want to give a big shout out to Aaron Cockrell just before we do that Aaron representing Manitoba Winnipeg I believe his hometown of Toulon or his home course originally where he got working Um Played on the DP world tour this weekend where he has been for the last couple of years in Dubai and finished in a tie for fourth. And this was an absolutely star studded field. The, the tournament was won by Rory McIlroy and uh, Adrian Shank and Cam Young, all big time players on the world scene. The only players to beat Aaron Cockrell. Um, so Shout-out to Aaron for a great performance, probably a nice big check as well, and a great start to his season. And, you know, it's kind of perfect timing um, because uh, we're going to hit a story that Jeff Hamilton broke just in the last hour or so on uh, uh, winnipegfreepress.com about the new stadium naming rights going to uh, Princess Auto. Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be playing from Princess Auto Stadium. And, of course, the Tallman family... Um, The owners of Princess Auto, big sponsors of Aaron Cockrell as well. And uh, pretty much you're speaking with him, giving him the opportunity to chase his dream. And it's just so great to see what that's turning into right now over on the DP World Tour. But uh, let's bring in Scoops Hamilton himself to WST. Hammer, what's going on? How are
2: you?
5: Good, Huss. Probably not as good as you with uh, with this weekend's results, but uh, certainly... Certainly an okay weekend for me as it as a such. I got my, I changed the battery of my car today. So it's, that was an interesting morning, but uh, yeah, pretty good, man. Looking, uh, looking forward to chatting.
1: Well, listen, we've got lots to get to with the Jets and I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit of NFL as well, but uh, let's get to this news. I mean, uh, I mean, these sort of deals are always very significant for, I mean, any team or enterprise. Um, but when you see what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have done, you know, business wise, for the last number of years, in a lot of ways, this seems like a natural progression. But to have a local company like Princess Auto come on board and commit this sort of uh, this sort of financial sponsorship for a ten-year deal, um, it, it does sound like this is um, would probably be, I would imagine, the biggest sponsorship deal the Bombers have ever done, and um, significant too, with a local company stepping up and uh, being there for the Blue and Gold for ten years.
5: Yeah, even just to piggyback off some of the things you said, Hus, it's uh, you know it's great to have not just a you know um, a reputable company like Princess Auto backing you know being your your title sponsor, your stadium sponsor, but as you mentioned, one that's a great Manitoba success story. You know, I mean, what uh, you know, and, and a committed and a committed um, company to things, that, you know, local sports scene for sure. I mean, they're in the you know they're certainly all over the professional sports team, but they also help help out the, you know, the local sports team, and they're they're just um, you know they're a they're a great family. As you mentioned, the family it's a philanthropy family. You know they they I think it's a great partnership. I mean, I know some people people are always people are always weird with change, right? They've, they've been calling uh, you know it's, you know I laugh because at this time next year you know, that muscle memory is going to be in place. It's just, you know, it's, it's always, it's always new, but you know, to have a, have a, a 10 year commitment. And, you know, you mentioned one thing too, Huss, about naming rights in general. It seems like it's, it's a tough, I don't want to say it's a tough sell to find naming rights, but it's usually lucrative. You know, it costs a lot. Um, it's obviously the, the, the main sponsorship you can have. And I, and I can see it being a tough, tough sledding for CFL teams. And for what we know about this group, it's not, it's not just a, you know, it's a ten-year commitment, which is which is great in and of itself. I don't have the total figures. I'm sure we're going to get those tomorrow. But from what I do understand and the people I've been talking to, it is their highest deal. They're, you know, they are making you know good yearly money here. That should help out the Bombers' bottom line and and their support and pursuit of being a, a good team on the field. Right. That that sponsorship, those dedications from the, you know, whether they're local companies or or beyond, is so important to the the lifeblood of, of CFL teams. And this is, uh, yeah, this is an important partnership and, and one that's going to be around around for some time. And, you know, I, again, like I, I know change is tough for some people, but, you know, the fact that this is a, you know, a Winnipeg-Manitoba success story, business story, I think it's uh, it's a perfect partnership for, for the Bombers to, uh, to look to the future here now.
1: Well, you know, it, it is, I mean, huge, especially, you know, hosting, you know, the Great Cup in the following year. And I think probably, you know, I would expect to see some more, you know unique events for the city happening at the stadium, because if there's one thing I know, and again we've had great support from Princess Otto in the uh, in the past, who I think believed in us because we were doing something for the sports community coming out of what had happened with the station going on, and yep. you know you talk to them more about it, and you just sort of think about it, and they've been huge sponsors for the bombers in the, in the past and are now taking this to the next level they're there for the jets right now on the Zambonis, and I know they're doing some things that people don't know bringing groups of, uh, of kids that might not normally get to games out right now and probably help and put a few more butts in seats. Um, they've always been big supporters of the Gold Eyes and do all those kid camps as well. We mentioned what they did with Aaron Cockrell. They've been huge on the curling scene. I mean, Reed Carruthers squad, Mike McEwen squad, Jen Jones squad, also, getting support from them, and then, as you mentioned, what they've done with Aaron Cockrell, and then things. It like It doesn't the even radio.
5: account for the stuff that they do outside of sports. No, that they no, don't, that well, they don't that, exactly. And they, they,
1: they don't even sit there and
5: you know pat themselves on their backs when they sponsor these kind of teams. You know, it's 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 if you heard some of the stuff that they do for those very reasons of not telling people and not be part of, like the the way they give back to community in general is something to be proud of, and certainly a company that you know when you look at corporate worlds now, you know today and and how much distaste and displeasure can be for some you know some things that corporations decide to do princess auto auto is a is certainly a breath of fresh air in that in that in that arena for sure
1: yeah so the official uh the official uh announcement and uh, press conference is going to be tomorrow where i imagine um folks from princess auto will be there wade miller and we'll kind of find out more about some of the details of this but um you know, rarely, you know, bombers are working hard on all aspects of corporate uh, corporate sponsorship and sales. But this will be uh, the granddaddy, and to have that that sort of security on you know the line and a partner like that for ten years definitely big, big news for the bombers. I am not sure whether Princess Auto is putting in that new turf, but th- that was another announcement last year. That's something that's way way off my radar. But when they did announcement, it sounds like pretty significant. I mean, you know, much about what goes into that and um. And how important it was for both the football team and Valor um to get new turf in as uh, they move into these next couple of years and as well as host the Grey Cup. Yeah, like I, I and I'm not trying
5: I'm not attempting to let some air out of the tires on this one. Like this is regular maintenance of the stadium. You know, they 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 moved in, they haven't changed the turf since they moved in 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 what was it, 2014. Um
4: so is they it have a any, different
1: kind of turf. Like I just, it is, it is a
5: different. way. It's a different company. I mean, companies will tell you how great their product is. They're, you know, the turf product. Point, you know, what I mean? There's not a single company that's not going to tell you what they'll do for you, and then what it means and what the part. But, but from what I understand, it's just. I mean, it's it's going to look good. It's going to have an effect. I imagine on the quality of the of the turf. It's like anything you buy brand new. It's kind it of probably needs a little bit of worked in. But once you, once you find that sweet spot, I'm sure it's awesome. But from what I understand. This is, well, you know, while a significant upgrade to the aesthetic of the stadium and particularly, of course, the field inside, um, it, it is kind of regular maintenance. It, it does coincide nicely with the Gray Cup, obviously, coming in in 2025 here. So, you know, those, those, you know, we'll have fresh turf for the for the championship game in two years time but again from what I understand uh it, it really was that time it was that you know there I think there's a little a bit of a lifespan on turf and whether they had gotten close to that or, or whatever I think it was time to you know and the money added up and the, the bombers have certainly you know done well over these last ever since winning the great cup they've continued to, to you know continue to fill butts in the in those seats to, to set uh, you know, CFL attendances and all, and, and to sell a lot of merchandise. So this probably just coincided in the perfect storm time to get it done. Got enough money in the bank. Let's invest. Let's uh, let, let's, let's pretty up the, the stadium, if you will.
1: Dan jets fan wondering if the turf's going to be princess auto blue. I don't believe so. like the, uh, the Boise state uh, college state. field. Um, but man. obviously it did. is Princess Auto Stadium as of tomorrow is broken by Jeff in the Winnipeg Free Press. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some comments tomorrow um, from Wade Miller and the organization on the significance of this deal uh, moving forward. Speaking of the Bombers for a minute, how about the Sunday that Zach Caleros had yesterday? I mean, was that... I mean, I'm glued to the game. I've got a Jason oh, Kelsey man. stealing shows and then all of a sudden I started seeing these pictures that QB1 is there with his boys, the Kelsies, and a certain international superstar watching another superstar wearing 15 get the job done in Buffalo? You
5: know, it's it's, not only was it where he was, it was the game he was at and the antics that occurred, right? I mean, Taylor Swift, ever since she started dating Travis Kelly, Travis Kelly, Travis Kelsey is... You know i don't want to say must watch tv but if you ask the tv if you ask the tv producers she absolutely as much watch tv and so you know for him to you know for the story kind of slowly to come out right because he's just in the background of those things you know it's first it's you know Taylor Swift obviously and, and chumming it up with Patrick Mahomes' wife and then it's then it's Jason Kelsey going full tarps off party and then you see Zach's face just kind of in the background is as you know, in as the night goes on, but just for, to be there—I mean, just think about how many people wish they could have been in that suite last night, and to actually be one of those people in that suite is just—it's just hilarious. And and the th- the funny, the part I couldn't help but think last night when I was watching the game and saw what everybody else saw was was wondering if Zach fully understood the magnitude of where he was because he's just such like a a down to earth, regular kind of guy. That you makes you wonder because I don't even you know like he's obviously close friends with the Kelsey brothers that's why he's there they were college roommates at Cincinnati they still stay in touch um, so it wasn't surprising to see him there necessarily but it was shocking nonetheless when you consider all the the star-studded influences and you know I think myself and others tried to get him on the phone today to to talk about it and I I, I have to wonder with all the antics that were going in there how much you know Zach was all that interested in but again back to the Back to the guy that he is. It's you know he's such a humble, down-to-earth guy to do to be rubbing shoulders with some of the most you know popular sports icons in in North America, and to be rubbing shoulders with arguably like, the most popular icon and arguably the world in Taylor Swift is is certainly an, a, a neat a neat feather to have
1: in your cap, and what a great story to share to share with people. let leave this pickup for a minute because I mean it's <laughs> just it's hilarious on so many levels that. So there's Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift, um, you know, hugging each other, all excited after Kelsey's second touchdown. There's Zach in the back left corner with the smile on his face wearing red. But then just casually crushing one of probably about 30 beers that he had yesterday is Jason Kelsey with no shirt on. And you talk about people that are popular, that are universally loved. Jason Kelsey might be at the top of that list, and totally. I mean, we saw the scenes of him jumping out in with the Bills fans from the suite, and then Holding, grabbing a, grabbing a little, people's kids and posing kids to their, say their kids hi to and
5: Taylor, their sign <laughs> to Taylor Swift. Yeah, what an animal! Uh, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it was just an absolute scene yesterday. And funny how <laughs> no one chirps him for. Funny how no one chirps him for wearing the you know the uh, an opposing team's garb right like whenever it was the Kachucks it was like how can you wear that whenever, whenever it's a different sport but when it was Jason Kelsey donning clear pro chiefs propaganda yeah. if you will or uh, you know y- y- outfit you know for him to to him to have that much fun man what a
1: part <laughs> Yeah, T-Conapoli, is that Caleros there? Yes, that's exactly what we've been talking about for the last five minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you just got here to the party Tico later. Just, he, he
5: just, he's on the comments. He doesn't have the, he doesn't, he, he's smart. He, he doesn't have the audio on yeah. the video. He just has the comments. He's rolling. just
1: firing off heaters in the chat. By the way, we're at about 600 in the chat right now. Welcome to anybody new. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and um, give a thumbs up as well. We're here every day, 1 p.m. Central. Usually focusing mainly on the Winnipeg Jets during this time of year, but after such a big win last night with the Bomber quarterback in the house with the biggest star on the planet and Taylor Swift, um, you know we uh, we had to had to mix this I one in. Bleeds Chiefs, <clears throat> yeah, no doubt about it. You know what? The uh, <laughs> I will say, listen, we'll get to the Jets in a minute. What a game that was! And you know, you knew that it would be tight. Um, every time these teams play, it's the same thing with the Chiefs and the Bengals. It comes down to a field goal one way or the other. Now, the Bills did make a couple big mistakes. Big one. Uh, and listen, I, I love Andy Reid with all my heart. Um, but sometimes he can't got get out of his own way. I mean, why you would put the football into Miko Hardman's hands on the one-yard line when Isaiah Pacheco's running the way he is, I have no idea. It almost burned them. But anybody that had any questions... About yes, as as Remus mentioning Matt Nagy a big hand in that as well. Trust me, I know. Um, Patrick Mahomes answering the bell, answering the doubters, doing it on the road where he'd never done before because they've been so successful in the regular season. They always had home field advantage. I mean, you have to feel gutted for Buffalo um, not being able to get past the Grim Reaper again. But uh, that is a championship team with one of the greats of all time playing at the height of his powers right now and uh they're still the team to beat until someone uh, uh they're still the champs until someone knocks them off and they got a great matchup next week with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens who deserve to be hosting that game with the way they played this season.
5: You know what it's uh you obviously see it when you're the when you're the the visiting team at a at a wild stadium like we saw in Buffalo but you know, even Josh Allen had to calm down the crowd at times just so he could hear and focus, and they listened to him. And what what didn't take much, you know, much coaching from him. But just what then? What Pat Mahomes had to deal with, you know, you could see on certain plays, like he was off on certain on 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 certain routes with his receiver. Even even Travis Kelsey was off like one or two times because I think that they couldn't get the call in or the right call in. So that was another obstacle that I think a lot of people were wondering about um you know whether pat patrick mahomes could could get through that clearly he could i thought some of the wounds on the bills was self-inflicted i mean what are you doing with the fake punt there that didn't even look good that didn't even look any you know didn't even look like it was you know and then i know hamlin was the guy that did it that would have been a really cool thing if he got through but he didn't and so like you know stefan digs too and like i kind of worked in my favor because he kind of disappears in the. like i will not say he disappears in big games because we all saw what he did you know, with mini mini back in the day when that, you know, big, obviously, end play. But it just, he kind of, you know, didn't really stick out, didn't really, you know, you had Josh Allen running, you know, running and throwing for his life. I thought, you know, he had, you know, he had a great game. And just again, it comes down, you knew it was going to come down to a few points, but uh, I honestly thought the Bills had it. I thought they were, I just thought they were destined for it. Just, you know, to look at some of the fans, I mean, I know a lot of people like to get Joy out of heartache for fans, you know. I I um I don't fall fall into that group per se, but to see some of the faces on the fans in the stands, like how big of a, a loss it was, and then to and then to like kind of look at what Detroit's been doing and how awesome that kind of run is. I think you know Bills fans are due, and you know you guys are spoiled over there in Kansas City. But as you mentioned, Pat Mahomes, you know. Uh, reign supreme, and and what a what a performance by him, and what a clutch performance by the Chiefs in general to to pull off that victory.
1: Yeah, Lamar and Mahomes in the AFC Championship next game, and uh, the Niners and Lions going out in the NFC Championship game. Connor Rapchak's going to jump on two very happy members of the WST team. We'll talk about that in the roundtable after Jeff's with us. But let's get to uh, let's get to the Jets. I mean, another. We talk about vintage Mahomes yesterday, vintage Hellebuck on Saturday afternoon in Ottawa. When, as Rick Bonus said, the Jets weren't at their best, and Helly's going at it again tonight in Boston. Um, you know, maybe get your thoughts on. They did say that they thought Loren Bressois, The plan was to play him at some point. Have they just moved that back? Was this always the plan? I'm not sure. Um, but Connor Hellebuck has been brilliant. Really, from about his third, fourth start of the season, and this run that he's on truly is historic right now. But what a test tonight against the Boston Bruins, who are the beasts of the East, clearly the number one team in the uh, Eastern Conference right now.
5: I think you just answered your your question about Connor Halbach and why he's playing tonight. This is this to me, and I don't want to get too hyperbolic, but this to me is a significantly massive game for the for the Winnipeg Jets. It's uh, you know they've obviously proven it over these last you know, X amount of weeks and months and, and been a dominant team and certainly are deserving of, of being where they are at the top of the NHL standings, at the top of the Central and the West. Um, but this is a massive... I think this is a massive game beyond just the two points. This is in Boston. This is at a time of the season where you, you know, you need the teams. I don't want to say teams are all playing at their best, but you can't be screwing around. So, you know, Boston's going to show up and they're not going to take the Jets light, lightly. They know exactly where they are in the standings um, and might even use it as their own, you know, dare I suggest measuring stick to see where they're at. Um, and so I think this this game here, you know, while a very important two points, very important matchup between two two top end teams, I think this is this might be one of the Jets' if they can go out there and, and grind out a win and, and and beat a good Boston team in Boston, I think it just further sells, you know, yourself to other potential players at the trade deadline. I think there's some teams that are wondering, you know, who's for real, um, you know, who, who, who gives them the best shot at a long playoff run and an opportunity to, 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 to fight and compete for the Stanley cup. And I'm not suggesting that, you know if the Winnipeg Jets go out and lay an egg and lose to the Boston Bruins that it's somehow over i just think there's so much potential here to if if you do carve out a win to just show other players around the league guys that might be looking for a change of scenery come the trade deadline in march and to beat a good boston team again i don't want to be too hyperbolic about it but here i am going on not about it i do think it's a massive a massive uh opportunity for the jets to, to flex their muscles and, and really show the rest of the league where they're at in the nhl
1: well and, and listen if they are going to be in this game late in the third period and give themselves a chance to win hellebuck's going to continue to need to do what he's been doing um but the entire team's going to need to be better than they were against the ottawa senators and listen ottawa did play well they had a big win on the road the next day against philadelphia which has been a real quality team this year um but I think they will. I think they will be ready. They had a practice yesterday, which is not normally the course for the days off in between. Uh, in between on the road, um, but you know, we saw Mason Appleton. You know, he had the greasiest goal of all time against New York. Had a really nice one, um, especially with Velarde being a game time decision and no Shifley. It is going to be on every guy in that lineup to be at their best because uh, you don't have much of a chance to beat a team like Boston, especially in their barn, if everyone isn't going. Well, look at
5: that stats
1: pack that Remo has set up, right?
5: You know, dividing our faces. Don't look at the special teams. But but I mean, but what does that tell you? tells you they score goals, tells you they prevent goals, and they tell you if you screw up in, in, in special teams, they're going to bite you in the ass. And so what that all sums up to is, there's not really a margin for error. You can't go in there, and and I would go as far as to say you can't go in there and play the type of hockey the Jets have played, I'd say, over the last four or five games. You know, it hasn't been bad. Obviously, they've gotten the results, but, you know, a lot of those games, whether it was a Chicago 2-1 victory or it was... You know, even, even the New York Islanders game. You know, I thought they did, you know, certainly outplayed the Islanders, no doubt there. But, you know, even that 5 nothing win against Columbus, I mean, convincing on the scoreboard, uh, ask, ask the guys in the room and, and you know, they're not loving their, their play. I think there's an opportunity to really just get back to that structure. I think that's where they've been. That's what they've been relying on. Unlike other, you know, you know, previous years where it was almost i don't want to say a panic but it was almost you relied on your offense if things weren't going well so it looked a lot more you know it looked a lot more like rogue if you will that you know guys were going audibles and in in, in in their structure whereas the structure now from first line to fourth line from top pairing to third pairing all plays the same game so there's something you can fall back on when things aren't going well and it'll be interesting to see you know what what you know first of all what Team shows up tonight. What what performance that you know the Jets put forward against a very good Boston team. But again, I, I, even it, even if they don't get the two points, my expectation is that they continue to you know to play the style in which they've been playing, which has been sound five on five. Um, they just can't get killed on special teams. This is one of those games where if you can continue to battle and keep it even strength and keep it you know even strength for as long as uh, as much of the game as you can, I think the Jets have a great chance. You start getting into penalty troubles, you start getting into undisciplined play, and uh, that's where this team can really hurt you right that's where I think the Jets are that's that's the difference between these games uh that the Jets play in the games against you know the you know whether it be the Columbuses or the Chicago's is that you're going to have a team that's two teams that are both going to be re- relying on their structures and trying to create uh and develop weaknesses of, of the other team's game plan and um it's a bit more of a chess match so I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to see see what the Jets put forward here and and continue the good times rolling because it's funny you know, we talk about maybe not playing. You know, I've been talking about maybe not playing great, great hockey. But that there, there certainly is. When I say great, it's relatively speaking to what the expectation of this team has become, and that's uh, that's one of the top teams in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, listen, the bar has absolutely been raised. Um, you know, they had that blip against the Philadelphia Flyers where they couldn't score or score on Urson, but uh, other than that, it's just been putting up two points night after night after night. But they are moving up a weight class tonight and this is a tough place to play and they will need to be at their best I mean this is a week where history can be made if they can continue holding teams to three goals or less but Jeff it's now 22 straight games where they've allowed two goals or less in regulation which is nuts I'm just looking at the cool bet line tonight I mean for Boston under two and a half in regulation is plus 108 um, it's it, 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 almost
5: it, crazy that it's not it's not better odds under two and a half for them at home.
1: You know what? Well, I think it just speaks to, I mean, the fact that this bet has hit 22 straight games, at some point it's going to even out. It was a slight minus against the Ottawa Senators. Um, But just your thoughts on, I I mean, Hellebuck in particular, but the team as a whole going on this run of, I mean, goals against numbers that frankly were unfathomable, still don't even seem real. But they keep making it happen night after night.
5: Well, Connor Hellebuck was asked about that record, you know, post game, as he often is, um, and you know, he credited the guys in front of them, and that's what I'm going to do. There's certainly, you know, Connor Hellebuck is a perennial Vesna candidate type goaltender. Um, he's that way when you hang him out to dry uh, and don't play good defensive structured hockey. Uh, the the results just don't. You know, the wins don't come as easily or as often. When you, when you start playing the five-on-five structure, the team defense, I say team defense because it's forwards are included in that as well. Um, and you, you play that kind of structure, especially, I mean, the biggest difference too this year is how much they pr- protected the center of the ice in all three f- zones. You know, it's not just how, you know, that was the big thing, right? What was the, What was the quote? You'd have coaches coming in and talking about how, you know, the Jets aren't aren't good in front of their net or they're not good down the middle um in, in protection and whatnot and i think that's been a, a a significant improvement for this team this year um and then so to be able to play that kind of structured hockey and to give connor hellebuck the workload that they're giving him now a lot of those shots i mean don't get me wrong he's had to come up big and you know and in, and in, in, several occasions throughout the season uh, but you need your goalie to come up big and and um, there's not a single team in this league that doesn't have a goalie help them out in that department stops breakaways stops you know mistakes that are made but when you're able to limit the amount of mistakes it'll keep a lot of those shots to the outside and, and and allows Connor Hellbuck to see the puck all those ingredients that all goalies, you know, crave when you're as good as Connor Hellebuck is and you're doing that, you're getting the results that we see. And I mean, the guy has some kind of ridiculous 945 save percentage over like the last 15 games. Uh, and, you know, I think it's since November something. It's 929 or whatever. There's there's just just absolutely banana stats for him. But that yeah, I think that's kind of what the other, you know, even Bo- Rick Bonus last year and certainly Paul Maurice for years, when they talked about, you know, Yes, we have a we have an incredible goaltender in Connor Halbach, but we'd like our incredible goaltender to have easier nights. You know, while they are while they're not all you know a cakewalk, they are easier for for Connor Halbach. And when you can take off even a little bit from his workload from previous years and put him in a in a situation to succeed, he's going to succeed more often than not. And we're seeing that that exactly playing out in front of our eyes right now.
1: Hammer, uh, quickly, just as, uh, you know, you came in, we got the news that uh, Kyle Connor's going to the All-Star game, and uh, obviously he missed a significant period of time, put up some big numbers beforehand. Uh, I think, if anything, this is a tip of the cap and a nod to the Jets as a team um, to have somebody other than Connor Hellebuck going when somebody wasn't able to uh, participate.
5: I always wonder what, you know, and I think you guys t- talked about it, I always wonder what players think you know like at this point like i think kyle connor and this is just trying to read his mind i don't know this i haven't talked to him about it but i imagine he would like this um not you know i mean it might might have had to cancel some of his plans if he had plans you know i know he's got a partner and this really is that opportunity to because you got the player break on top of the the all-star break so it it does create that opportunity to go do something be away from hockey for a week right go away for Mexico or whatever, you know, your your budget allows you to go to, to uh, pretty much anywhere you want for a handful of days. So I always wonder about that, but I think because Kyle Connor was having such a hot start to his se- his season because he was on pace, you know, for fifty goals and you know was was really playing great hockey as you know along with the rest of the of the team, you know, for him to go through that that you know that knee on knee by Strom, not wanting to talk about it afterwards, and I think that was fair. You know, I just don't think he cared to. To, to just bring it up again, right? It was, it's disappointing for him. He was, you know, he was had momentum for him to come back, get that empty net goal. Anyways, I think it really is a a, a thing for him where it's, you know, recognition that he's having a great season, that he belongs with that, uh, you know, that that elite status of players. We've always talked about how, you know underrated Kyle Connor is and maybe he doesn't get the attention as he should uh being from Winnipeg you know I don't necessarily buy all those arguments it's still a pretty hotbed Canadian market but uh I digress I you know him him his inclusion into the all-star game is is uh is an awesome one because he has all the talent in the world all the finish in the world that you want at all-star games he's kind of your perfect all-star player um so we'll see what he can uh, we'll see what he can pull off there and his what is this his second all-star game of
1: his career I believe I so, yeah. Just,
5: yeah, I don't think he's in the three. So, yeah, so that's two for him. So, yeah, good for him and, and well-deserved.
1: Yeah, and, and I know someone is asking about, uh, you know, if what they would have asked Shifley and uh, Morrissey first. Well, Shifley's hurt. Um, and, again, you're replacing forward, so I'm I'm not even sure that they would have considered defensemen for this. The bottom line is whether you're talking about Shifley, talking about Nikolai Ehlers, talking about Kyle Connor. Um, there's plenty of guys that, um, you know, are worthy of all-star consideration.
5: Hunter Bedard and- was one of the guys that was swabber. Were you saying that, so Chicago doesn't have a, a member? Because that was, yeah. it's, it, you know what, that's so funny because it's like Gary Bettman's thing apparently that every team needs to have representation. Why, I mean, the argument is sound. Why would anybody from this team watch the all-star game if one of their players, I mean, there's going to be lots of players yeah. from teams I watch. But there was, so what they couldn't find though, was a second quality player to even like pretend to go to the, the all-star game. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not making arguments for the Blackhawks to send anybody, but the fact that they, like if the jets, if the jets say had Kyle Connor going to the all-star game and then somebody got eliminated, I imagine they'd go back to the jets. There'd be another forward on there. The fact that they couldn't even go to Chicago and be like, okay, this guy this guy makes sense. (laughs) You know, I don't think they had a single option for that. No, we we kicked that around. We were going
2: through, we
1: were going through their roster last week going, okay, now who do they go to in Chicago? And uh, you know what? The Kraken didn't have a player last year uh, in it. They had a guy that that was going to, I think maybe their entire team was going elsewhere. I'm sure they would have pushed to try to make it happen, but trust me, the all-star game is still going to be fine without a member of the Blackhawks. It, it's gonna suck that it's not the All Star Game. Not really. I, the last couple of years, I've gotten into just betting on the games, so that's actually <laughs> yes. gotten me into it, which is so degen. I mean, it, that's it's so just, de-gen. Like, How do you it, even it know is.
5: who's gonna win? Like, although it's almost this you got, year, like, it's not like you got a live bet because you got to see who like gives a crap during the day. No, like, you, it you, seems like, yeah, There's like no one idea. or two guys that are trying a little too hard like in a beer league hockey game like you've got to pick those guys out and then go with that team because they're actually playing some form of defense, but it's, it's impossible to pick a winner. I guess there's some incentive monetary incentive. But.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and this thing, I am excited for the skills competition this mm. year because it's going to be 12 players competing in a whole bunch of events. And I mean, there's a million dollar prize, which I'm sure will be of interest to it, to those guys. I think they'll be into it at least. So, uh, so I'm in, and hey, listen. I mean, uh, as a Jets guy, I'm uh, fired up to see. I'm most excited to see Bones. I can't wait to hear his interviews. You'll probably have a couple fun sound bites over oh, the weekend. Oh, dude, hey, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, Heck, he might even be. He
5: might even be. Uh, he might even be networking out there. Never mind for the uh, bringing some of that East Coast, uh, you know, East Coast friendliness out to the rest of the rest of the NHL elite, and maybe convincing some guys to, you know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he, maybe he at the very least, maybe he leaves a pretty cool impression on some guys that would, like, leave that place and go, you know what? Wouldn't mind playing for him one day. Maybe,
1: you know what? I think it's a great point and uh, it's certainly not going to hurt. It is certainly not going to hurt. Um, Hey, listen, great having you on the program today. Shout out on the scoop. Princess Auto Stadium is the new home of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's going to be officially announced tomorrow. You can read Jeff's story about it, which is now up at winnipegfreepress.com. Uh, have a good one. Enjoy this game tonight. And uh, we'll uh, we'll have some offline speaks on, uh, on the games this weekend before they get going on Sunday.
5: Yeah, I need to uh, completely just be away from it all. Give a couple days to really just, Think my life's choices for this weekend. And yeah, we can certainly have a conversation. Thanks for having me on as always, Hus, And Shout out to the, uh, the commenters Remember, hit that. Uh, what is it? Hit that like button. Yeah. Smash like that button like button. And, subscribe, that, that yeah, and subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. Smash the subscribe button. Do all those that stuff. that thumbs and, up. Hassan you know, will keep on telling you, but do it anyway. <laughs> all right. Oh, thanks for having me on guys.
1: Have a good one, dude. There's Jeff Hamilton um, of the uh, Winnipeg Free Press. And again, uh, we'll look forward to, we'll get some sound bites or maybe try and get Wade on to talk about the significance of this from uh, the Bomber perspective, but, um, I mean, a great local story. I mean, Princess Auto, I mean, a, a, you know, a nationwide company, um, you know, with the two locations here in Winnipeg, but headquartered here, started here, uh, and now doing so much, um, you know, for our sports scene and outside the sports scene that <clears throat> most of us don't know about. Um, but this is big time for the Bombers, and uh, it's great news for football fans and, I think, the business community here in the city. All right, we're gonna get Connor and Remo in here and chop it up. We got a lot to get to coming out of the weekend. Um, just before that, though, let me give a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. And uh, let's just say there were a few celebratory generics cracked after that game last night in Buffalo. Um, you know, Little Brown Jug, the, uh, Winnipeg's uh, top local beer. With so many options for you, but right now, if you're at a Winnipeg Jet game, it's the flagship 1919 brand and generic lager, my personal favorite. And if you're at your local beer store right now, keep your eye out for generic because the eight-pack boys, just 19.99 right now. You can also pick those up at your local Manitoba liquor marts. So I may suggest to actually pop down to the brewery and tap room on William Avenue, uh, the best spot to get your favourite Little Brown Jug favourites. And again, you can check out their website as well. All their beers, great merchandise as well, available with local delivery options. Uh, But I look forward to having a generic with many of you on Saturday night at the Jet Game when we're there for Jets-Leafs. Again, Section 310 in the Upper Bowl, Section 126 in the Lower Bowl are the craft beer corners. Now, at Canada Life Centre. Got to thank Royal Sports. This is... This is a Royal Sports beauty right here. I have a feeling there are going to be some Chiefs fans, some Niner fans, some Lions fans, Ravens fans, going down to maybe supplement their wardrobe for Championship Sunday in the AFC and the NFC. When you're thinking about, Garb, for your favorite team, get to Royal Sports. Nobody does it better. 40,000 square feet of selection. And, of course, with so much excitement about the Winnipeg Jets, the biggest and best selection of Jets merchandise around thousands of pieces, including many exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. All the jerseys with your favorite player, not to mention a great bomber section and uh, so much more of the biggest hockey um, merchant town uh, sk- skates goalies. In fact, skates, this is a beautiful time. The weather's going to be getting nice. I know a lot of people are going to be hitting the ODR, hopefully the river. Um, if you're looking for Casual skates; you don't need to be playing in the NHL for. They've got affordable options as well. It's all there at Royal Sports, seven fifty PEMINA Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram as well at Royal Sports PEMINA for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, looking for a great spot for the game tonight? You know where to go. It was a big day at Boston Pizza yesterday, and it'll be a big one tonight with the early start, six p.m. with the Jets and the Boston Bruins. The best place to gather with your gang. To watch the Jets on the road is always your local Boston pizza. Enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if you are staying at home tonight, you can always get the great taste of Boston pizza delivered direct to you by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. And just before we bring in the fellows, in, got to give a shout-out to Pitt and the gang at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge getting ready for another great summer. If you're thinking about a world-class Fly-in fishing experience in Manitoba, where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city. Aiken's Lake is that spot. Find out more at Aiken'sLake.com about the Aiken's experience and get booking as this summer is already filling up over at Aiken's Lake. All right, let's get Remo and Connor in here. We've got lots to talk about coming out of the weekend. Uh, you know, we'll get the guys' takes on the uh, on the Jets in this game tonight as well and, of course, the weekend in the National Football League. Uh, fellas, how are we uh, How are we feeling today on this fine, fine Monday? Connor, I imagine you're in similar spirits as yours truly after your team won. I might say survived a pretty tough game on Saturday <coughs> night against the upstart Green Bay Packers.
4: Never a doubt, Huss. Never a doubt. I wasn't nervous <laughs> really? for a second. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... I tweeted out, like, uh, the Packers missed that field goal, 40-yarder, with six minutes left. That Niners was. got the ball back. I tweeted out that I'd never been more nervous. It's the same feeling I had when the Niners played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and Jimmy G was taking the field with three <laughs> minutes left, and they had to score to win. It's that same feeling. It's like, this is the game right here, and they got a score. And uh, hmm. thankfully, Brock Purdy was able to grip the ball a little bit on that last drive, and, and it was fine. But yeah, I was... That was the most nervous I've been in years watching 49ers football. I It made up for the stress-free weekend I talked about earlier because they were the one seed. They didn't play. So it just jammed two weekends worth of stress <laughs> into one game.
1: Reem, Reem, you had no skin in the game on that one. What were your takeaways from um, the the Niners getting past the Packers who were a very, very game opponent and pushed them to the limit?
2: Yeah, coming to the playoffs, I thought the Pat- the 49ers and Ravens, they were just a cut above of all the other Teams. Remind me of uh, the bombers in the CFL. They're just a, a little bit better, and the Packers had to be perfect. You know, it was the conditions were right for them to have an upset win? It was raining. You uh, know, scoring was scoring was tough there, but uh, Brock Purdy, man, he's people don't like to give him credit. I know that they have you know all these weapons in skill positions: Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, McCaffrey. But he led them down the field when it mattered and led them to victory. So, I mean, a tough break where, you know, you miss a field goal for the Packers, and, you know, Jordan Love tried to go uh, hero ball a little as well. Didn't work out, but for the Packers, I think you got to be pumped that you got this far. I don't think anyone thought that would happen, but 49ers, they're just taking care of business, and, uh, you know, be, I'd be nervous about facing them, but the Lions look look pretty good. So, nice win uh, for the 49ers, and we'll have to see. I don't know what Debo Samuel's statuses but leaving you know having him out would be a, a big well i was actually shocked as he returned kicks like a ton i mean that's a yeah so to stay, to stay healthy yeah. and they're putting him returning kicks i was uh, kind of surprised by that only in big games he does that he so playoff
4: games in the past he's returned kicks I think the Eagles game earlier in the year, the Niners were really fired up for that one. So like they started the game, Debo was returning kicks and he like ran one to the 40. He got everyone fired up. It's just a big game thing. They don't do it um, all the time, but yeah, I agree. He's like the most injury prone player on that <laughs> offense and uh, it's returning kicks like smart.
1: Yeah. We'll get to the chiefs in a minute, but um, I mean, it does set up a really, really interesting NFC championship game and <laughs> I think the way the Lions have looked and the fact that Purdy was a little off, and I'll be honest, I was thinking about that Christmas game, you know, that was a disaster for San Francisco uh, against the Baltimore Ravens and wondering about, well, I, I don't really think it's the pressure because, I mean, Purdy's played at a high level for a long time. He's excelled in games like this, was injured in the NFC Championship game last year, and that's why, in my opinion, the Eagles were the Chiefs' opponent and not the 49ers. But, Connor, you have to admit the Lions do have something special going on. And like much like the Packers going into this game, I kind of thought that they were playing for house money. If the Lions lose in any fashion on Sunday, by every measure, this is going to be a really successful year for them. That being said, this team plays to win. They're as aggressive as any team in the National Football League. And... Um, your Niners, I think, are going to need to be full marks if they want to hold them down, especially that running game, which is a strength of the San Francisco defense. But this is sort of strength versus strength. And that is why I think it's such an intriguing matchup, especially with the story of a team that has literally been an embarrassment for 30 years. Now, one game away from the Super Bowl.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's been a great story in Detroit. It's been fun to see. Uh, them winning two home games, that crowd has been unbelievable. They're all waving the towels. It looks looks great. Um, but yeah, like you said, Brock Purdy. I I was reminded of a uh, a loss earlier in the year. They lost to Cleveland, and that game, Debo Samuel got hurt in the first quarter. It was raining, and Purdy looked like that was one of his worst games of the season. This last week against Green Bay, Debo Samuel gets hurt end of the first quarter, start of the second, like second possession for the Niners. It's raining. He doesn't look good. Maybe Purdy's just not good in rain games. And luckily the (laughs) weather forecast in Santa Clara for Sunday is, uh, is like 68 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny. So I think we're okay on that front. He's not going to be wiping his hand uh, mid drop back to get a grip on the ball, but yeah, that was ridiculous. But Anyways, I, I have confidence. If Debo Samuel doesn't play, this offense definitely looks a lot different. What's the word on Debo? Cool Did story. they
1: give any update afterwards? I mean, it didn't look good. They took him out, and then he was no. there cheering on his team in a hoodie uh, in the second half, so we knew that there was no chance he was returning.
4: He even took a drive in his, like, shoulder. He just left it in one position. He was just a decoy. Um, but Adam Schefter reported that X-Rays came back negative, and he's 50-50, quote-unquote, to play in the NFC Championship, which the Niners will need him. I think he'll play whether or not they use him to the full extent. We'll see, but yeah, Jared Goff, he he struggled against the Niners before. We'll see if he was once a part of the Rams. We'll see if he struggles as a member of the lions, but yeah, I'm, I'm nervous for this one.
1: Yeah. they, uh, listen, it's a, it's a, it's just it's a privilege to be able to be nervous at this time of year. Exactly. It means your team is still playing. Um, Reem, I, I thought that Lamar Jackson answered a lot of questions on the weekend And, and listen, Lamar Lamar was 1-3 and in the playoffs. They'd lost his favorites. They'd lost at home before. Um, And you know what? At 10-10 going into halftime, it sort of felt like maybe this was happening again. You get a big special teams touchdown to get you right back in the game. But the Ravens' defense showed why they were the number one seed. But at the same time, their quarterback, who is the uh, runaway favorite to be the MVP, I think answered a number of questions, albeit against Houston. Uh, what a quarterback matchup we've got for the AFC Championship!
2: Oh baby, Lamar Jackson, Pad Mahomes, two, you know MVPs there. Uh, pretty incredible matchup. And for the Baltimore Ravens, they really have the weapons on offense. They damn, I know Mark Andrews hurt, but Isaiah likely stepped up as tight end. They drafted Zay Flowers having incredible rookie season. They've got these uh, running backs, Justice Hill. And Gus Edwards, you know, who can pound it out as well. I mean, 229 yards rushing for Baltimore. Uh, the passing game, you know, he didn't have to do too much, only 152 yards. Uh, this is a pretty dominating performance from Baltimore, but it's against a rookie QB against the Houston Texans. I'm not I'm not sold that, you know, going up against Patrick Mahomes, it's a, like an automatic win. I don't I haven't seen the line on this game yet or or anything, but... I mean, it wouldn't shock it wouldn't shock me if they lost. I mean, you're going up against you know, the defending champions against Patrick Mahomes. We just saw what he did to Buffalo, so I would be pretty nervous. I mean, Baltimore, they haven't had playoff su- success that you think that they should have with uh, with Lamar Jackson, but uh, he's shown this year that I think he's the regular season MVP, and he's going to need him to be next Sunday for championship weekend.
1: You know, I, I, Connor, I really think you can make the argument that the playoffs have gone. Exactly as they should have. I think the four best teams are still standing right now. And, uh, you know, again, the quarterback matchup is a little different from the AFC to the (laughs) NFC game. Uh, But every one of these teams deserves to be there. But uh, thoughts on Lamar's performance and uh, the opportunity to go up against Patrick Mahomes and get one over on him in the playoffs, one that the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen weren't able to overcome yesterday.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with most of what Remus said there. The he's He's been incredible It's all season long. He's an MVP. It's that defense for me, though, for Baltimore that is just unbelievably impressive. We saw it on Christmas night, or at least I got a front row. Well, not front row. I watched it through my TV. But um, the Niners got smoked by the Ravens is basically what I'm saying. And uh, that defense had Purdy seeing ghosts out there. So that defense has been fantastic. Lamar's been great. If anyone's going to beat them, it's going to be Mahomes. Um, and... Remus made a good point about like, well, I don't know if if him beating the Texans at home like this is the real challenge here, I I would say for Lamar. I'd say the same thing about the Lions on the other side, like them beating the nine and eight Buccaneers in the divisional round doesn't move the needle for me in terms of how worried I'd be um, as a Niners fan it, for this game. They squeaked by the Rams. Great win. That one was a, a bona fide playoff win. I don't know the Buccaneers like they're nine and eight. Do they make the playoffs in any other division in the NFL? Probably not. Um, but Hey, they, they want a playoff game. They beat the Eagles. So I guess I, I just, that, that win by, by the Lions doesn't really move the needle for me. And I agree. Same with the Ravens. And this is the real test for Lamar. Can he win in the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes at home with the best defense he's ever played with in his career?
1: You know, we'll take a look at the, uh, at the cool bet lines in a minute for uh, the NFL, as well as tonight's game. But uh uh, Connor again, by the way, I, I mentioned this before, but if you haven't already, make sure to check out on the YouTube channel and the podcast the latest edition of Winnipeg Jets this week. Uh, another fun week recapping some wins, and uh, <laughs> and now though, I mean, as I said before, moving up a weight class, going up against the Boston Bruins on the road without Mark Shifley, Um, Thoughts on uh, this challenge tonight for Winnipeg. And, uh, and riding Connor Hellebuck again. I wasn't sure that Helly would be in the net tonight, but he is. And pretty hard to keep him out the way he played Saturday afternoon.
4: Yeah, exactly. Hellebuck's rolling. He was my first star of the week on Winnipeg Jets Weekly. Um, and, it, yeah, it was a great episode. I even got to throw a shot at Mason Appleton uh, for his Packers, which uh, the Niners defeated in the playoffs. He was my third star of the week, so I was like, great job. But the Packers lost, so... It wasn't, it wasn't that great of a week for Mason Appleton. But um, yeah, he, he scored two goals. Third line starting to chip in. How can you not play Connor Halbuck right now? He's arguably the best player in the NHL. He's up there in heart conversations. Um, and yeah, tonight's a huge test. Uh, Boston on the road. I think this is as good of a chance as any of the games the Jets have played over the, the last month to for these streaks to be broken. This is like the top team in the East. You're on the road, middle of a road trip. No Mark Shifley. Like, their backs are kind of up against the wall here tonight. And then uh, the, the two games against Toronto, you don't even have to go into detail on those. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, obviously those games are going to be huge. Saturday night, Inside Canada Life Center, it's going, to be, it's going to be a really fun week, and I can't wait to break it all down next week, next
1: Monday. Yeah, no doubt going into an off week uh, for the Winnipeg right. Jets. And, I mean, you want to finish strong. I'll say this, Reem, and I'll, I'll give shout-out to Ezzy Ginsberg from Illegal Curve, who was pumping up Connor Hellebuck's Hart candidacy, and, you know, honestly, I mean, we're almost past the Vesna at this point with the way that Hellebuck's playing. The team's on historic runs for goals against. They're far and away the best goals against team in the league, and Hellebuck is at the front of that conversation. But to Connor's point, Reem, this game tonight on the road in Boston without your number one center – a massive game from Hellebuck could go a long way to maybe opening up some other eyes that we're not, shouldn't just be talking about Hellebuck for Vesna, but also for the most valuable player in the whole damn
2: league. I think so. I've seen some out of market people tweeting about a Mark Lazarus out of Chicago writes for the athletics saying, Hey, you know, I think we need to be talking more. Well, Connor Hellebuck, you know, the regular name is going to be mentioned. Uh, Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon are to them, but I mean, Connor Hellebuck in 33 games leading the league and goals saved above expected 22. And the next closest is Thatcher Demko, 17.6. Then Connor Ingram, 14.6. We put it up earlier, Connor uh, putting together Hellebuck's numbers here since December 1. I mean, these are absolutely incredible. 16 games, 13-1-2 record, 168 goals against, 9 one save percentage. This team is doing things that we haven't seen in years, in terms of the streak with three goals or fewer and two goals or fewer, uh, for sure deserves uh, some recognition as MVP, especially now that they're going to have your number one center out. And we'll see about Gabe Velarde tonight, who's a game-time decision. But uh, that's why I'm so excited about this week, because back-to-back you know, to, back to back against Toronto, this is the first time you know a lot of Toronto fans are going to even know Winnipeg Jets are back in the league. Hustlers, so uh, very exciting stuff in terms <laughs> of uh, getting national attention.
1: Well, there will be a lot of national attention on it. I can tell you what, if Hellebuck has a big game tonight going into that game in Toronto, there'll be a hell of a lot more people on the national airwaves talking about what we've been talking about for a while here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, you know, you mentioned Appleton, Connor. I mean, listen, I, I've been saying before, that goal he scored against the Islanders well, probably will get to the end of 82, and that will probably be the <laughs> greasiest goal scored all year by a member of the Jets. A man, did yeah. he need it? but an absolute beauty to get the team on the board with a great shot to that top corner or on the, on, on Saturday. But the showstopper was Nikolai Ehlers in overtime.
4: Man, what, what a play. And Remus did a great job posting the clip there with Paul Edmonds call. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, go check out at sports talk, WPG, Twitter, Instagram. It's even on YouTube shorts. So you don't even have to switch apps, but um, Yeah. Great, great move. Great call by Paul Edmonds. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers did this a, a similar move in uh, in Florida. I'm sure people remember that. That was also one of the nicest goals of the season. We kind of flipped it around a defender and then went over the blocker side of Bobrovsky. This, this one, I mean, the Jets didn't even really deserve a point in this one. Connor Hellebuck got them that. And then Nikolai Ehlers got them the second one with that. Incredible move around a guy who's uh, who's rumored that the Jets are kicking tires on. It's kind of funny to, to see that that uh, Jets fans that might have been their first exposure to Jacob in this season, him getting danced by by Nikolai Ehlers in overtime. But yeah, what a move. Um, yeah. I'd like to see some more ice time for that guy. He, he maybe the, be, maybe uh,
1: the price maybe the price came down for chicken. Uh, courtesy maybe just of a little bit. For, yeah. uh, for what they did. Um, listen, while we're talking hockey, let's get over to the Cool Bet lines right now for our friends at Cool Bet. Jumped into it with a very, was going to be one or the other. I, like we, There was the possibility of having two very happy members of WST, myself and Connor today. That happened. There wasn't the case between myself and Pat Gregoire. Someone was going to be in mourning and, It was Pat today. Fun show today, though. Check it out over at the Edmonton Sports Talk YouTube channel. Um, The Jets are, not surprising, an underdog tonight, plus 114 in Boston against the Bruins at minus 134. And again, the Bruins, hopefully they got all the goals out against the Habs on Saturday night because they put up nine of them. Uh, I don't think they'll be getting nine tonight. Whether they can continue this incredible run, of two two goals in regulation or less, we will see it. The number for that, and that for me right now, is just an auto bet. I'm betting that every game until it doesn't win. It has won twenty two straight under two and a half in regulation. It's plus one hundred eight for the team tonight. This will be one of the biggest tests, though, for sure, with Boston the way they're uh, the way they're going. Uh, the total for the game is five and a half. Not surprised. It is quite low, and I think this will be a low scoring battle between two of the top defensive teams in the National Hockey League. Other games tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights, who have had some really impressive wins lately without half of their lineup. Um, They're a plus 102 underdog in New Jersey against the Devils. Devils at minus 120. Um, And again, big injuries on the uh, Vegas side of things. Uh, Still waiting for Jack Hughes to return to the Devils lineup. Uh, right now, Nico Heischer holding down the top spot of uh, the uh, top line, along with Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer, who was the bell of the ball at last year's trade deadline. Uh, the Panthers are in Nashville to take on the Predators. Panthers have lost four in a row, lost to the wild on Friday night at home. Uh, they're minus 122 favorites. Nashville plus 104 home dog. Uh, the Penguins minus 154. Arizona, plus 131, and then two big-time mismatches. The Canucks, minus 448 favorites at home against the Bedardless Chicago Blackhawks, who were at plus 350. And the Sharks are in L.A. to take on the Kings. Remus, maybe this is what the Kings need, a visit from the San Jose Sharks. Kings, minus 382 favorites, and the Sharks, plus 305. Uh, And we all know that the Kings... Have been in a major struggle over the course of the last little while. They got a two-one win at home against the Rangers, but it dropped back to back games against the Stars and Preds heading into that one. Uh but the the Sharks have been as close to the free space on the bingo card as any team in the league this year. Maybe that's
2: what the uh maybe that's what the Kings need tonight. They've been trying to get uh PLD going hus. They moved him up to the top line with Kopitar and Kempe. We all know his numbers this year, they haven't been very good. He's bounced around on the third line, on the fourth line, finally getting those coveted top line minutes since he's, you know, been dreaming of being a top line center in the NHL since he was young. I'm sure not getting that power play one time, but uh, the Kings, they got off to that hot start. They haven't been very good at home, but yes, free space on the bingo card. Minus, minus 382 favorite, uh, that is wild. Uh for the Kings against the Sharks who are not not good, rebuilding, not trying to win. So I, I imagine, you know, two pretty lopsided games tonight with the Kings hosting the Sharks and the Canucks hosting Chicago. Canucks even bigger favorite house, minus four forty eight, which is <laughs> know. absurd after they had a nice uh nice score fest there and win against Toronto on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that was a fun game. was sort of keeping my eye on that one while watching the, uh, while watching the, uh, the, the football game. Um, and, yes, Dubois will be skating on the left wing with Kopitar and Kempe tonight when things go out. And just while we're talking about it, a quick PLD update. He is 8th in scoring on the Kings, 43 games, 9 goals, 10 assists for 19 points and has, I believe, a team-worst minus 11 rating as well. It's kind of shocking, just to what everyone else is plus. There's a couple guys that are minus 2 on the team, and then somehow Dubois is minus 11. Uh, So, um, anyways, we're done with him, but it's always interesting to to keep an eye on what's going on. Uh, We did actually put together a little exclusive for tonight if you would like to ride with us in the lock shop. Um, We're going to go with the under in the Jets-Boston game. Under five and a half goals. Uh, and then we're going to take the Vegas Golden Knights as a slight underdog in Jersey to keep their winning ways going despite all the injuries. And the Florida Panthers to win in Nashville. That one, when we put it in manually, was plus 573. The guys gave us a very nice boost up to plus 650. So that is there in the lock shop section in Cool Bed Exclusives if you would like to ride. And as far as these games go... Remo, you said you haven't looked. What what would you think the Chiefs-Ravens line was
2: going to be if you haven't seen it yet? Um, Ravens minus... Well, actually, someone said it in chat. Was it minus two and a half? Someone say, said it. I was going to say one and a half, two and a half.
1: It's actually three and a half. Really? It's actually, Yeah, it's actually three and a half. So, again, you're getting the, the, the three points for home field, and I guess they're giving the Ravens uh, the hook for... Um, Their play over the course of the season. You do have to pay a little bit. Chiefs plus three and a half is minus 116. I think I got on that last night at the numbers minus 112. So, you know, we're getting a little closer to it potentially going to three. Basically even money for the Ravens to cover three and a half and minus 101. Uh, The Chiefs money line has gone up to plus 153 which is nice. That was plus 145 earlier today when we were in the lock shop. Ravens minus 182 favorites to win. And then for the Lions and Niners, this game opened at seven last night. It's now gone down to six and a half, although six and a half for the Lions is minus 103, six and a half for the Niners minus 114. And what really matters the money line, who's going to win Niners, the uh, biggest favorite by far this weekend, minus 303. And the Lions, plus 250. Um, what do you think about that Chiefs-Ravens line, Connor? Are you surprised that it's more than three points? No. I I, I assumed like
4: Ravens would be three to four-point favorites. And then Mahomes, you know all the numbers. Huss, as, him as an underdog. He's, uh, he's great against the Sprite. He's great on the money line. So I'm sure a lot of people will be on the Chiefs this weekend. But I wasn't shocked to see them get a little bit of a home field uh, bump there. And then the money line, one eighty two, one
1: fifty three. Like that's, I I wasn't shocked by that. Yeah, the, the only thing it, it was one forty five, and I thought if anything it might come down a little bit, and I still expect yeah. that it will. Like I think if you want to bet the Chiefs to win, this is a great time to do it, because as we get closer to game time, you will be, whether you like it or not, inundated with just the numbers of Mahomes' playoff greatness, everything that they've done. And I have a feeling a lot of just casual people that have no skin in the game are just going to blindly bet Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that might affect the numbers. But that usually happens closer to game time. So we'll pay attention over the course of the next couple days. So uh, there you have it for the football lines and the hockey lines tonight. All over there at Coolbet, Bet. And um, you can use the promo code WST if you haven't played there before for a 100% bonus up to... Two hundred bucks on your first deposit, you know. Reem, it was uh, it was a really tough night for the Canadians at UFC two ninety seven. Did you see those numbers on the male fighters from Canada yes. going zero for seven, including our two of our guys, Mike Malott, brother of Jeff Malott, um, who uh, who lost, and Winnipeg's Brad Katona, who uh, was back in the UFC. He was a, about a minus two hundred favorite. He lost as well. And I'll tell a quick story. I was out in the afternoon watching the game um, uh, in my neighborhood with uh, with some friends. And then I got a buzz that um, one of my friends that's a huge Packer fan was going to go to a spot in St. Vital called Big Guys. Um, great local bar, been there for a long time. So I jumped in an Uber and went over there and hung out with them for the game. And I hadn't spent, I mean, I'm not really from that area, so I haven't spent a lot of time there before. But really, really fun night. But what was so neat about it, and this goes back to the story of Brad Catona. I mean, we've had him on the show before. He looks like a math major. Uh, he is an engineer. We had him on the show when he was joining us in between classes at U of M. Uh, apparently, he also worked at that bar for like four years. So when that fight came on, they cranked the sound. The entire staff came out to watch it. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end with a... Uh, with a big victory, he lost a decision um, but it was it was a tough night for the Canadians at UFC but it was very very cool to see um you know a spot like that with so much connection to one of our the athletes a guy that's not really a household name in Winnipeg but certainly is in that corner of Saint Fatalry.
2: yeah, you know you got all hyped the fight was in Toronto huge crowd there and uh, you know, we're big fans of Mike Malad, whose brother's Jeff with the Manitoba Moose and, you know, who's winning his fight uh, after two rounds and just had to hang on and wasn't able to uh, upset in the final minute. And, and Brad Katona, we hadn't really heard a lot about him since winning the Ultimate Fighter for the second time in the summer and a uh, tough upset there for him and the decision. I did tune in for the main event, just two guys uh, beating the hell out of each other. I mean, their one guy's face you couldn't see out of his sure. eye and I mean, there was one of my friends saying to me, "Okay, this fight's gonna be bloody," and he was not kidding. Uh, <laughs> totally leaking uh, out of out of his eyes. So that uh, UFC back in Canada's on Sportsnet now. Shout out to our guy Aaron Bronstetter. Bronstetter uh, killing it, new role, and uh, they're showing his you know his tweets like during the broadcast. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, big uh, weekend for the UFC in Toronto on Saturday.
1: Yeah, we were really happy to see that Aaron had moved from a TSN to a Rogers. He has become the preeminent Canadian journalist when it comes to MMA. Uh, it's not something we really follow religiously on this program, but I know there's tons of fans of it. And when Rogers scooped in and got those rights, we were wondering what would become of Aaron because as we all know the way those big companies uh, go, you can always find yourself in a in a bad spot. Uh, but congratulations to him and his new home. And uh, now we get ready for uh, the next couple UFCs, but I guess 300 is going to be the big one. Uh, and potentially De Plessy, who won the title, might be back in the octagon then to take on the former champ, Izzy Adesanya. Uh, hey, Tico Napoli, thank you very much. Uh, popped in a super chat with our conversation on PLD. Obviously, PLD is soaking up more than the Sun in Cali. I wish they all could be Cali girls. Go Lions. There you go, t Um, Good stuff uh, tonight. So uh, what's the call t- tonight, Reem? The Jets keep this winning streak going. It, it, it's, it's hard to call for a win tonight. This is a very, very tough mm-hmm. spot. Um, but you hope that they can hang in it. And, and as Hag, Hag said, and you just look at their record, they have nine losses in overtime or shootouts. So a team like the Winnipeg Jets with Hellebuck playing the way he's playing, If you can hang in this game until the late points of the third period, even if it goes to OT, um, stacking points is important. I think they'll have a good chance if it gets to the extra frame. We certainly
2: saw them dominate overtime with puck possession on Saturday. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And look at money puck, they have the Bruins 57.5% chance of winning. I think the money line uh, probably reflects that as well. I still haven't figured out the Bruins. Like I don't know how they've been so solid here with so much roster turnover, and you look at, I know they got some young uh, players in the lineup, but, I mean, how are they How are they doing this? And the Jets ran them over before. I think we'll see a different Boston team than we saw uh, before Christmas. I don't care about the two points. I care about tying the Minnesota Wilds us get that streak. Two points, irrelevant. Just give up three or less here. Uh, two or less if you well, want. Go That's two, bonus. Goals. two
1: or less. Two or You're going to need two or less to get it at least to overtime and then get it mm-hmm. done and not no, we'll see who can step up. And I, I will say this, Connor. I would feel much better about the Jets' chances to win this game if fifty-five was in.
4: Yeah, agreed. I, I, I mean, Adam Lowry has filled into that top line, and he's been he's been fine. I mean, he's a third line center, um, second line at times. Rick Bonus likes to use that line as a second line. So has he? He's not Mark Scheifele. Like he's not going to be a point per game player. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, Gabriel Velarde, if he plays, uh, Kyle Connor. These guys are going to have to have big nights and the power play is going to have to get them a goal or two because we had the uh, the matchup graphic up earlier. Boston's top five in both penalty kill. Their power play is 27%. I don't know if that's first in the league, but 27 has got to be at least top three. Um, but it, it, the special teams is going to be in Boston's favor. So the Jets are going to have to lean on their five-on-five game, which they've done all year. They're going to have to lean on Hellebuck. Um, and he's been playing great as of late. So I I don't think they are completely out of this game. It's a really tough spot without your top-line center. But I could see a Connor Hellebuck, 35 save, 2-1 win for the Jets. Um, but yeah, just just don't win 6-4, as Remus said. Don't win and give up four
2: goals. <laughs> yeah, what would you rather right now, Huss? A 6-4 win or a 2-1 loss? It's out of conference, so the win doesn't matter as much. It's not like you're playing... Now like you're playing someone you're I chasing like Dallas. I would still say six
1: four win, no. even though I have bet under two and a half for the Bruins <laughs> right. team total tonight. No. In regulation
2: two one hey, loss. It's, it's
1: about winning right now. I'm. <laughs> it's it's been maybe this is selfish. I still. I'm. I'm still sniffing around this Jets President's Trophy prop from preseason at fifty to one. So oh, what? every win, every win matters. Yeah, I told you when Jay Fresh. Said that his model was broken and he kept on spitting out. The Jets were going to be the number one team. You in the, jumped with the on us, of course I did.
2: Wow, wow, good for you.
1: I have a twenty. I have a twenty on the Jets at fifty to one for the Presidents and the same thing, sixty to one for the Cup. And the Cup is now down to twelve to one. Um, so good, Val, as you yeah, like to say, really good, Val. Well done, <laughs> us. well done, Val. Um, Bruins, yes, as you mentioned, they are third. It's- in the NHL and power play percentage, Tampa's at 29.7, the Rangers are 28.7, the Bruins are 27.3, and the Jets are 21st, which I guess is I think a little bit of an improvement, mm-hmm. but it's 16.7. They've got a long ways to go. And even like you, you know, you score a few goals and get up to 20, that would just put you middle of the road right now. But I'll say this, Connor, middle of the road special teams results. Like if the Jets can get to that point. That'll make a big, big difference because the foundation of this team has been dominating five on five play. And that's a great, that, that's the reason why they are where they are. But even with how great this season has gone, you have to think you're not going to be allowing two goals against every night forever. Um, you're going to need that power play to chip in. And the PK, to be honest, can help as much as anything continue those streaks going forward. And the penalty
4: kill has been good as of late. The past five games are actually turning a corner a bit. Again, huge test tonight, top three in the league. But, yeah, the five-on-five five game, we've talked about it all year. That's what the difference is between this year's team and last year's team. This is more sustainable because they're dominating the best teams in the league at five-on-five. Five. Um, and it's a lot tougher to do that without Mark Shifley, which, which is why tonight is such a big test. But the five-on-five five game has been so good that no one would be shocked if they go into Boston tonight and uh, and pull out a, a big win.
2: Okay, I'm looking at power play stats on the season. Okay. The Jets, 23rd in the league, power play percentage 16.7. The San Jose Sharks have a better power play percentage than the Jets at 17.5. Can you? But do you believe that? This is what I'm uh, telling you: true it or false? Se-
1: it seems. It seems not real. But I'm staring at those same numbers. Can right you believe now. that? the The Jets, the Jets, right now need to catch. Like next up is the Sharks. Then it's the Ducks. Then it's the Habs, like mm-hmm. teams that are not even in their class when it comes to overall teams. So listen, there's room for improvement, and that's a good thing for the Jets, especially considering where they're at right now. If they can get that together. Um, they'll be even more a threat to cash that 50 to 1 president's trophy ticket and have home ice through the playoffs. And I mean, even not that the president's trophy matters as much as being first in the West to be able to get the second wildcard team. As we have uh, as we have talked about it before. Um, great chat, boys. Great weekend. always love doing this on Monday. Um, we should get out though so we can get this up. Hey, we'll see you. Hopefully, we'll see you in a couple weeks, my friend. In Los Vegas. I don't Vegas. know if I want that, Hus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we all- I think I'd rather the rather the Chiefs than the Ravens, I guess, given what happened on Christmas,
1: but yeah. Well that would be an all timer Monday uh, oh! WST. Oh God. <laughs> The well, the good thing is I'm going to be away. I, would, I will call in. I will call okay. in. I will, okay. I will link in only if they win though. From uh, from where we're at for uh, for a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun, and yeah, we'll have to do something on the Thursday before that because I'm heading away on the Friday, heading into uh, into the Super Bowl. Uh, but enjoy the game tonight, fellas, and enjoy the game to all of you. And hey, shout out to everyone that's uh, going out to TCB to hang with Rennie tonight. I guess the K and R night with no K. Because he is in Boston covering the game for the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, But I'm just hoping that when we tune in after the game, everyone is fired up because the Jets have found a way to put another two points on the board. And every time you think that they're finally going to end this streak, that they're finally up against it, they find a way to get it done. So um, fingers crossed tonight. We'll be talking about a win tomorrow. Should be a great one, though. Six o'clock start tonight. And again, Everyone that's heading out to TCB, enjoy that amazing pizza, some delicious beers, say hi to Ren for us, and uh, cheer on the Winnipeg Jets with what should be a great crew, according to uh, to Renny. That's going to do it for us today, gang. Again, huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Great to have Connor jump on, Remo killing it as always, and thanks to Joe Haggerty and Jeff Hamilton, Scoops Hamilton, with the story in the uh, free press of the press conference tomorrow that uh, the IG field will be renamed princess auto stadium, Uh, a great, great local success story. Princess auto is, and continue doing great things in our community. And especially for our sports teams, Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. 1 PM right here to break down jets Bruins and get ready for two more games against the Toronto Maple Leafs before the player break. Have a good one tonight, gang. And, uh, Don't miss it. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock, YouTube, be here. See you then. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks
0: for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.